Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Fire, fire, everybody. My friends. Welcome to the best show, everyone. I want to uh, tell you all a little... Uh, how do you do a little tip of the of the hat for you on this fine February evening here in the year 2022. And some people are saying this is the best year that's ever happened. And I tend to agree. I like the cut of this year's jib. I like the cut of this year's jib just fine. And that brings to mind a story that happened to me. Um, ways back, I was working at a, a place and then met a fancy uh, clothes man. And then me and the clothes man, um, we hit it off, and it was, I got to say, it was uh, this is taking place in Italy, by the way. I didn't mention I was living in Italy at the time. Me and the clothes man hit it off, and it got a little, dare I say, steamy. And next thing you know, I find that clothes man runs a whole family business, fancy clothes. So look, long story short, me and clothes man tie the knot. And I tell you one thing, mama mia, there was a spicy meatball when I joined that family. Maron, as they say. His uh his uncle had uh, all this prosthetics on. Yikes, you should have seen the it's like he had four pounds of makeup on every day. And the the clothes man's family brand of clothes is going uh, was uh, going south. It's not going well. I got involved. I start trying to bring the family brand back. Get this family member fighting that one, and I'm right in the middle of it. I'm mixing it up. I got this one fighting that one. We're doing new designs. This, that, the other thing. Long story short, me and my clothes man, a husband, I have him uh, murdered. And then I get arrested and sent to jail. Yeah, it wasn't good. Didn't end on a good note. And uh, because I'm trying to open up and I'm trying to share stories from my real life for everybody and realize what uh, what it's like. A little look behind the curtain, a little... uh, Wizard of Id kind of look behind the curtain, show you what it's like when you pull the curtain away and you see the actual Wizard of Id, and uh, you realize um, that life is not exactly as it seems. And another thing I realized, though, life is short, my friends. Uh, 
you gotta, you, you, you blink and you might just miss it. And those are my words. No one else's. You did not hear that from, uh, no, wait, no, those aren't my words. Those are the words of the one and only Ferris Bueller. Best show. Let's start it. Big show tonight. Coincidences. Alex Gordellis. Indiana Jones Super Bowl and more. Let's do it to it. Everybody, welcome back to the best show. And my name is Tom Sharpling, and I am the host of the best show. And you are here with me on this fine, fine evening here. Where are we at in uh, February of 2022? You know what they say 2022. Will you think about me? Isn't that how the song goes? Something like that. Well, it's a good song. But you know, it's a really good song. The song we just heard. Man, oh man, oh man. Man. Man, that's a real bummer. Mark Lanigan passed away today. Uh, it's, uh, we just heard Screaming Trees from, um, that was his first, first band. Uh, uh, that's where people got to know Mark Lanigan 
And from the 1989 album Buzz Factory, that was End of the Universe. Um, yeah, what a what an awful thing that guy had. That voice is just off the charts, and what a that's like a rock star, and he is uh, just a, it was just so so incredibly powerful. Screaming trees were amazing. The solo stuff is amazing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, huge, huge voice, huge loss. And before that, we heard. Um, wait, we didn't hear anything before that. We heard the 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 the, the just the regular uh, theme music before that. Um, but earlier in the week, I guess what I meant to say was that. Uh, from the from the band the Sadies, uh, Dallas Good uh, passed away. Who was somebody who was uh, just seeing the outpouring was uh, amazing of people uh, saying how much Dallas meant to them. And uh, yeah, so so rest in peace to both of those giants. And it's a real, uh, it's a real loss. And these things start to start to stack up and, um, yeah. And, you know, we talked about King Louie the week prior. It's just, it's, it's something else. I tell you, well, look, let's focus on doing a fun show tonight. We'll, uh, we'll play some more music later, but, uh, right now I'm going to tell you all the topic. First of all, the phone number is 201. 201- 332-3484 is the time. That's the phone number if you want to call up. And now you're saying, well, you gave me the phone number, uh, Tom. Well, what's the, what's the bleeping topic? Well, first of all, calm down. I'm going to tell you the topic in a matter of moments. And then you're saying, well, I don't have that kind of time. And then I say to you, well, now you are getting a little pushy and I don't like it. I didn't ask for this level of, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, aggressiveness. I didn't, I don't need to be pushed around. I'm trying to host a show here and you are getting pretty, pretty bossy waiting for that phone number and for the topic. And I gave you the phone number and now I'll give you the topic. It's coincidences, crazy, freaky coincidences. You know those ones where you suddenly you're like, oh, my God, how on earth? How on earth? And you just can't believe it. Where you're just like, it's like it like rattles you. It rattles you to your core. And you can't believe that, it, uh, that this even happened. And that you aren't a part of some movie. Weird, freaky coincidences so uh and then we have uh, that's the topic and you can call up and talk about that or you can talk about other things too we could talk about other things 201-332-3484 and then later in the show we got our friend alex gordellis the uh alex is one of these hyphenates that everybody talks about these days so much where they They do a little bit of this, they do a little bit of that, and you add it up and you're like, 
wah wah wee wah. What a what a what a career. You're like uh crash crash bang wallop what a career. Anybody know what that's a reference to in the audience? Anybody? Anybody? So we'll talk to Alex later. He just put out an amazing, he published a, well, he didn't publish it. It's the last time I checked his uh, middle name, ain't vice, but um, he wrote an impressive, funny, fun, interesting, provocative, dare I say, article on the Guns N' Roses video, November Rain, and uh, getting super duper inside on it. And we're going to talk to him all about that and more. Later in the show, uh, where are we at? In the meantime, last week, last week we talked about the Super Bowl halftime shows. We went through all of them, and holy moly, were some of those shows bad news. There's some bad ones in there. And there's some good ones, but we went in, we went deep and talked about it and tried to come up with our own halftime shows. And one of the ones that was a bit of a revelation for me um, was the 1995 halftime show. January 29th, 1995, America was having fun with their friends the show friends um bill clinton was doing his thing and grunge was on the ropes right grunge yeah grunge was on the ropes 95 all sorts of malarkey going down sonic youth put out washing machine that was a great year, 1995. But I want to tell you this Super Bowl halftime show from 1995. I went back and watched it because a couple of people sent it to me, including my friend, uh, the H-Man, the former best show uh, uh, protege. He was my protege at one point, the H-Man. Then he resigned the position of potential protege because of a conflict with one of his uh, siblings, of all things, if you can believe that. At one point, there was this this character on the best show. His name was H-Man. And he had a brother named Z-Man. And the two of them were fighting over who was going to get to be my uh, my protege and take over the best show when I stepped down. Neither of them want the job now. I've asked them to, to still consider it. They've both turned their back on me cold. So be it, such is life. But the H-Man still still pays attention. Z-Man, haven't heard from him in a long time. But H-Man, still, still around the show. Still maintains a bit of a presence. He sent me the halftime show link to the 1995 Super Bowl. And you know what I'm going to do? I want to play a little bit of it and talk talk you through it. Hold on! So it's so the it starts off Indiana Jones uh Temple of Doom type Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff a 
giant boulder rolling down a down a, a tunnel in a cave. It's a bad feeling about this. Then there's an explosion on the field. The trophy. Well, this is like pure ice capades also. This is just like where people have a pre-recorded dialogue track and they're lip syncing to it. Bring to me the trophy. And now there's a guy in a giant snake costume dancing around. Now there's a guy in stilts. All dancing around on the field. Giant giant head is arising from the background as they brought a, a, a Super Bowl trophy, a Super Bowl tro- uh, out to the to the guy who I think is the villain from um, from uh, Temple of Doom, and then but shoving their way out of the pack of these guys is Patty Labelle. The goddess of rock and soul, Miss Patty Labelle. Patty LaBelle's dressed up in kind of like an Egyptian head garb. And the cast of Temple of Doom is dancing behind her. Everybody's dancing, having a good time. She's also clearly lip syncing. That's it. They just created a wall of fans that she's walking uh, alongside. Some explosions going off around the stage. Look, it's still a better stage than that halftime show of the houses that just happened. That's the worst. Oh my god, it's so pre-recorded. Here we go. Explosion. Another explosion. Now there's a torch is being held up, but then flying down on little parachutes. Indiana Jones is para and and Marion from Raiders of Lost Ark. The two of them are parachuting onto the field. Now you hear the Raiders of Lost Ark theme music. This is so bad. This is just like, who who wants this? This is like ice capades. Marion, stay behind me. Yeah, this sucks. Super Bowl halftime show. So now they're fighting. I'm just going to bounce forward. They're fighting. Indiana Jones fighting. He's got his whip. Then Marion goes up and gets captured. Then they try to drag her off. Now there's a guy with a torch. 
Marion's running around the field. Dan, let's see. Mr. Tony Bennett. Then Tony Bennett walks out in the middle of all this stupidity. He looks like he doesn't even know where he is. And stars so bright that shine so bright. He's doing caravan. The mystery of their fading light that shines upon my caravan. Sleep. He's got really baggy Sleep. suit pants on, as if it's like. Upon my shoulder. Like Bell Bib DeVoe's pants weren't that baggy. Across the he looks completely confused. A memory of our caravan. Because now they've turned it into like a little bit of a, a nightclub, an old-fashioned nightclub it's on stage. So what kid wouldn't want to see this? What Raiders of the Lost Ark fan wouldn't want to transition in into uh, Tony Bennett? To the magic Arturo Sandoval. Arturo Sandoval playing some trumpet. Now let's bounce forward. In this. So inviting, sadly here beneath the blue. Right. Arturo Sandoval still blowing that trumpet. Our desert. Yeah. Make sure you hold that mic right in front of your mouth, Tony, because then everybody can see. Can't see you ain't singing it live. But Dan, dancing in the middle of this is Indiana Jones and Marion are doing a little bit of a, a, a romantic slow dance. Now they're throwing the Super Bowl trophy around, and everybody's trying to grab it. It's flying around. Who's got it? Indiana Jones is fighting people. He got the trophy. throws it to Marion. She's got the trophy. This is a Super Bowl halftime show. Indiana Jones just threw a guy inside a grand piano. Flags are coming out, and he's fighting some swordsmen. I actually think I want this kind of show to be the Super Bowl halftime show. I think this is better. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This might be better. (laughs) Now Indiana Jones has raised the Super Bowl championship trophy aloft in triumph. As you want to see, of course you want to see Indiana Jones holding the trophy for football. Uh, This is also... The Super Bowl started 20 years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Indiana. 30 years after. You got that trophy back. So now tell me, sugar, what's next? I'm giving it to the winner of Super Bowl 29. Well, that's the right attitude, baby. Well, I'm going to go a new draft. So Patty LaBelle just said, what are you going to do with the Super Bowl trophy? I'm going to give it to the winner of Super Bowl 29. And then now she's going to her hit song, New Attitude. Tom, I, I got a couple questions. Hold on, hold on. What, 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 what do you, Pat Byrne, Pat Byrne, what do you got? Producer Pat Byrne. It just, just so we know, as the listeners here, is this actually Karen Allen and Harrison Ford? Oh, no, no. Okay. No, they're nowhere near. You're not going to get Harrison Ford to parachute in. He'd probably land one of his crummy planes. So, so this like, is this is who who was ever was cast it, casted in the MGM studio version of it. Or exactly. Something? This yes. is just Universal Studios. Uh-huh. Uh, the, those those shows you go to the theme park, right? And they're they're playing it. Like the guy who's doing Waterworld is now playing Indiana Jones. <clears throat> and did did this version of Jones? When he got the trophy, did he have to put like an equivalent bag of sand over something, or was it just he just? Got- no, he just they, he just ended up with the trophy in his hands. He's holding it sky high, and he didn't have to fight a guy or something. Yeah, no. no, it's pretty. Um, Harrison Ford would have done this if he was just like, you know, I'm a pilot, and they're like, no, that's bad news. You're not a very good one. Do you think and he's he- like? And then he's like, what if I pilot in on a? In a little, little cub plane into the Super Bowl, and all they're thinking is not good, not safe. That's going to be maybe not the best idea to have you fly your plane into a stadium full of people. No, no, it'll be great. I'll fly the plane and land it on the field. Then you picture Joe Montana getting run over by a by a plane. Would have loved to have um, seen Ford's reaction watching at home that night of this whole thing. Yeah, I wonder if Harrison Ford, how he felt about this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he... Um, do you think he really cares, though, in a way? Don't you think he's just kind of like, eh, whatever. They asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, no, no way. I kind of feel like Super Bowl should go back to this pre-recorded tracks for everybody to like have dialogue. Hey, what are we going to do here? Indy, look out, run. Don't worry, Marion. I've got it. 
I have the Super Bowl trophy. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Super Bowl. Uh... First of all, I don't know how this it took until 2022 until I realized that this was the Super Bowl thing. Do you have any? Do Do you have any recollection of this, Pat or Mike? None. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember the game. It wasn't a very good game. Um, I'm looking at some of that that background uh, stuff, and it, it sort of reminded me a little bit of uh, the end of uh, Apocalypse Now. Maybe they could do movie uh, adaptations for other movies. I'd love it. I, I, during the halftime. Would it, would it surprise you if next year the cast of Fast and Furious hosted was the halftime show? There you go. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Why not? Why not just have the cast of Fast and Furious? I also want to say this. These people moan about Super Bowl, about, uh, sorry, about Fast and Furious because now it's like The Rock. The Rock is all mad. Like he fights with um he fights with uh what's his face? With uh Vin Diesel. And then he's just like, Oh, I don't want any part of your these movies. I'm not gonna, he's not gonna do a movie with and he called him like a candy ass. And it's just like All right, calm down. But the whole thing I was saying now the rock seems like a seems like a decent sort. He's eventually going this is what's gonna happen to the rock. He's going to run for president. He's going to become president. Uh-huh. He's going to become the worst president. <laughs> and everything anybody liked about The Rock will be dust in the wind because all you're going to think about is that this guy had to shoehorn himself in as president and just. And it made a giant mess. I don't know what party he'd run for. It doesn't matter to quote him. It run for his matter. own party. Yeah, the he rock party. Well, well start the rock party. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and so I would say to him, like he said to all of us, it doesn't matter, right? And first of all, it was the corniest thing seeing him do that Super Bowl ramp up thing where he pretended to be the wrestler. Like, uh-huh. pick. Pick a pick a thing here. He's now he's the wrestler. He's talking like the wrestler again, and then he'll go back and he won't. And then he'll he's like, whatever. He's a nice guy. I met him before. He's a very nice guy. But I'll say this: he came in on these Fast and Furious movies. When did he join the franchise? Five Fast and Furious five. Vin Diesel had already held this thing down for for multiple movies. Now the rock rolls in and acts like he's the, that he's the, he's the straw that stirs the drink to quote Reggie Jackson. He's the straw that stirs the drink. Uh Look, I'm a, I'll say this. I put 87 in my car, but when it comes to going to the movies, I only put in diesel. I'm only pumping diesel when it comes to movies. I put regular in my car. When it comes to movie tickets, I put in diesel. How many times I got to say this? Uh, Yeah, no. Keep going. No, it's really. Look, Vin Diesel is is the anchor for. And look, I don't even know these Fast and Furious movies. I stopped watching them after the second one. 
And everybody's like, oh, my God. I did see Hobbs and Shaw in the theater, which was the single dumbest movie-going experience I can remember in my life where it was just like, because now they have these guys and, like, it was like Idris Elba has a super suit and he's like, it's like basically a superhero movie now. Like, he's he's become a superhero. But The Rock, if you're listening and you're not, I'll say this to you. Show some respect for Vin Diesel. Vin got Vin got the Vin kept the thing going. You rolled in, and you you put it you put it into the end zone. But don't discount the other ninety yards that Vin Diesel took it. Vin Diesel took that thing ninety yards down the field. Yeah, you punched it in. You punched it into the end zone. I'll give you that. But don't forget what Vin Diesel did. Vin Diesel did it. Pat, we got any calls? Oh, yeah. I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that. That sounds qualified. That sounds like a qualifier on how many calls we have. Over 201-332-3484. We got a call. Besho, hi. Hello, Besho. I'm sorry, I I was on a, a speakerphone. I was trying to make it sound better before I started talking to you. Oh, that's okay. To who to whom am I speaking? This is Jesse from Seattle. Jesse from Seattle. What's up in Seattle tonight, Jesse? Not too much. I'm actually just on my way home from a a fishing trip that I took during my weekend. And how was? Would you catch any fish? I did, yeah. I caught a caught a few. I was doing catch and release, and it was awesome wandering around in the woods. And well, you probably how many woods. fish can you catch walking around in the woods? Oh, I fish uh, fish rivers uh, primarily, and not not the ocean. So okay, a lot of so you go with, so you walk through the woods with your old fishing pole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find a river? That's right. What river are you fishing, unless you don't want to give your little secret spot away? <laughs> I was going to say, I can't tell you. I can't say it on the air. If you, I mean, if oh, you're really dying stop. to know, I could. I could first, uh, first of all, you think this audience is filled with fish fishermen? <laughs> you think this audience is filled with fishing enthusiasts who suddenly can be like, yeah, I heard, uh, I heard Jesse from Seattle called in and gave away his secret spot. For fishing, let's all go there and and let's just completely drain the river of all the fish. <laughs> yeah, Come I mean, on, you, you bring up a fair point. They, nobody, Come on, nobody would, what do you think? Who, you, who do you think's in this audience? You say fish well, I, to this audience, they, they think of uh, they think of Trey Anastasio. You say fish to this audience, they think of uh, of uh, my Michael Gordon. Oh man! You say fish to this audience, they think of Paige. And then Fishman. Who, who's Paige? There's a guy in fish named Paige. Uh, I don't. Right? I don't know anything. I, the Isn't only guy there? fish I 
Probably. The only guy I so know. You, hold on a second. You just said to me, who's Paige? As if, like, I got something wrong. <laughs> and you don't know what you're talking about. No, Paige I'm, I'm, Paige. I like the Paige dead. McConnell. Not... Paige McConnell. Okay. Got yeah. it. Where's the spot? Give us the spot, Jesse. I can't. If I name the river, you can name the river. It's not like you have dibs on the whole river. (laughs) Um, I I, no. You know what, Jesse? I don't want your spot. But what I do want. See, this is what happened. You just you just woke me up, Jesse. You just woke me up. I want another listener from Seattle to call up. They could probably figure out what what river you're fishing from, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to get the right person, but they could probably they could probably nail it. Yeah. Now we're gonna now we're gonna uh, totally fish out your uh, fish out your river. I'm gonna start sending the listeners there. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of nice to to meet other fishermen FOTs, to be honest. Hmm. I would if I was going to fish, I would probably do it the uh, either oaky noodling style, reach in and start letting the fish bite my hand, and then you pull your hand out. <laughs> yeah, do you know? Do you know that move? Yeah, I know that. I know that. Uh, that's that might be the most disgusting. You couldn't pay me to to do oaky noodling in Oklahoma. There was a documentary oaky noodling about it. Please. Stick your hand down, and then a fish go log, log, log on your hand, and then you pull it out. Then you get the fish. No thanks. Yeah, it's so gnarly, and the, the water is always really murky too. So you can't. Oh, yeah, no, it's gross of, water. It's gross, yeah, murky of, lake pond water and lake water. Lakes right, are so ponds are gross. They are, and like none of those guys know the size of the catfish that they're going to get and it chomps their hand and they pull it out of the water and it's like 30 pounds. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I would, but that's, I would either do that, but I would do it with a fake arm. <laughs> like a just Imagine how gross that must feel. You stick your hand down into the murky goop of a pond or a lake. That dirty floor, Floor bed, ugh, so gross. And then some fish goes, starts just like gnawing on your hand. Oh, I want—I could barf thinking about it. I could barf. <laughs> but do you like catfish, like to eat? Oh, no, not really. Catfish are not one of my favorite. Yeah, I like, so I like catfish prepared certain ways, but I would not choose catfish. We uh, the other way well, I'd I... go fishing, either with uh, dynamite or a, or a machine gun, <laughs> or both. Wouldn't it be great? You just throw dynamite right into the lake. <laughs> they used to do that all the time here in Washington, and it like. Like, like what ri- what river did they do it at? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Humpulips, um, Keats, 
Uh, All right, Keats and Hunt Tulips. Those are, it's one of those two. It's one of those nah, two. Nah, never. I'm already, being told, I'm already being told it's the Cedar River. The Cedar is in Seattle. It's closed. Also, yeah, all three of those rivers are, are closed for this season. It'd be illegal. It'd be illegal to fish them. I'm not, I'm no, I'm no, uh. Not if you're bringing up dynamite, it ain't. <laughs> Sky Comish? Yep, yeah, that's, that's, uh, up north by Monroe. Sky um, Still a Goomish? Still a Guamish, yeah, that's, that's a little further north in the sky. Snoqualmie? Yeah, that is by Bend where um, Twin Peaks was, like, set, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be out there with, uh, with, uh, with what's his face? Ray, uh, Ray Wise. Me and him are going to bring some dynamite. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I would take you guys fishing any time. Dynamite or no dynamite. And the thing I would do, though, that's the thing you don't realize. When I say I'm bringing dynamite fishing... I ain't throwing it in the, I ain't throwing it in the the lake or the or the river. I'm throwing it at other fisher, uh, other 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 fishermen <laughs> to get their fish from them. I can say, "Give me your fish, or I'll whip this stick of dynamite at you." <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, you, it's a good way to get shot because all these guys are carrying, but. I mean, dynamite beats, it's like rock, paper, scissors. Dynamite beats handguns. Well, so you maybe win. you forgot the part I said about I also do have a machine gun. Oh, there you go. Filled with dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> it fires dynamite out at people. <laughs> I haven't tested it yet, but I'm sure it's going to work. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good plan. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jesse. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's the story now? You go fishing. You and yeah, your pals I, are out there. I actually just had uh, had one for the topic. That's why I called in. There are any weirdos in the woods? Any weirdos out there? Oh, yeah. Any weirdos yeah, out big, in the woods? Big time. Um, yeah. I had a guy... Hey. You ever have anybody come up to you? What what would you do if somebody came? I want to hear what you said, but what if somebody came up to you and they were just like, hey, uh, you know, the whole woods, if you think about it, it's all a bathroom. Right? You ever think about that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I would say that's. You want to see my machine gun? All yeah, right. So tell me about I, a guy who tell me about somebody who who harassed you uh fishing. You're starting oh, to tell um, us a story about a, a run in you had. Yeah, there's a there's a, a guy who followed me around and tried to sell me uh cocaine for like two and a half hours. Um Yeah, because that's what that's what you really need for fishing is just to be gacked out of your gourd. Right. The most like, the most the most meditative thing you can do is fish, except on some guy's way he's doing a line off of a carp. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I kept on telling him that. I was like, I had 
so many different reasons that I gave this guy for why I didn't want to buy his cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the first half an hour, I was just like, no because of this, no because of that. And finally, I just like stopped. I just stopped because he was just following me around. I was like, okay, I guess we're just going to hang out now. Let's just, let's just become friends, and maybe then you'll stop talking about your coke. Now, did the guy say to you, hey, what's the name of this lake? What's the name of this river again? What would you say to that? <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't ask. He, he seemed to know pretty well. Okay. Now, just yeah, for people, I would. I want to ask you this, Jesse. Also, and I'm not trying to yeah. trick you into giving away the name of the river you fish at. Sure. There's a lot of families out there, and they want to take their their kids fishing, and they want to avoid uh, coke dealers while fishing. Sure. What's a what's a river that that they should avoid, for example. <laughs> they should avoid um, anything that's anything that is. Hmm, that's a good question. You yeah, got, I think you, you know there, the Tom. answer. Yeah, you you got me there, Tom. You can give the answer <laughs> for one. For one. For one, no, I I can't. I can't. It would be like it'd be like giving away the secret recipe to. Yeah. To, the, to, to the secret sauce. What kind of fish did you catch? Um, I fished for salmon and steelhead. Mm-hmm. And, but you throw them back. You catch and release. Yeah, I, I keep salmon. Um, but steelhead, I'll keep summer steelhead, hatchery summer steelhead. But um, winter steelhead, I'm not particularly fond of to eat. Um, so I prefer catch and release. Um, and then the wild fish, the wild steelhead that we have right now in winter are exclusively catch and release in the state. Like, you, you are absolutely not allowed to harvest uh, wild winter, winter steelhead in Washington. Um, and pretty much everywhere, actually, at this point. They're, they're trying really hard to um, protect the populations of those fish up and down the coast. Sure. Now, when you get when one of these catch and release things, do you ever just like take a second and look at the fish and just go like, "I caught you," and then you say like, "I could have eaten you if I wanted, but I'm letting you go. Do something with your life." <laughs> That's what I would do if I was fishing. I caught a fish like that. If I caught a winter steelhead, which you apparently are against. No, I'm for I'm for them as an animal. They're like one of my all time favorite animals. But yeah, but I'm saying, but against, you don't, you, but you don't keep them, you know. Yeah, against as a food source. Yeah, I just yell at them. I catch them. I say, I would take the fish, look them right in the face. I look that fish right in the face and go, "I caught you. I could have eaten you. <laughs> I decided against it. Don't prove prove me right. Use this gift." <laughs> Life is precious. Get back in there and do something with your life. That's what I would have said to the fish. <laughs> I want to see that happen so badly. Well, tell me what lake to go to, and I'll meet you there. All right, all right. Come on, I'll get right on. The, I'll take Amtrak right from L.A. to Seattle. We'll go fishing tomorrow. I'll be up there tomorrow. Well, I got I got work tomorrow. You got to come. Actually, I'm going to be in LA, and then we could then we could go fishing. We take Amtrak we up take, together. 
Yeah, we could do that. Or we could fish the L.A. River, the beautiful L.A. River. Fish out here. What are you going to catch out here? The uh, the drag race and cars from Greece? <laughs> the only thing that's in the where the water is out here. Cars drag racing. You're for, the only thing we might catch is a pink slip. Yeah, yeah there's, that river is in rough shape. Well, it's non-existent. Yeah, As there's, a kid, I remember there's, seeing... That that's where these like when they had that in movies and stuff they'd have like the 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 basins the reservoir or whatever you call it. And it's just like what is that? I'd be just like, what on earth is all this empty weird concrete? And it was what in like every movie for a period of time. Like you, yeah, you every see movie. it in every movie. Yeah, Greece it was in bleep in Greece. Yeah, I remember that, too. I could not figure it out for the longest time. And let me just say this again. I don't think I made myself clear. Hold on, Jesse. Jesse, I just want to say this. This is to The Rock. One more message. Have a little bit of gratitude for Vin Diesel. A little gratitude ain't going to cost you too much. All you got to do is say, Vin, thank you. You and I don't get along. I'd rather not do another Fast and Furious movie with you. But thank you for getting the thing this far. That's all you got to say. Yeah, I, I like Vin Diesel quite a lot, actually. I think is that he he has like this music career that he's passionate about, and I think it's the funniest, most endearing thing of all time. Yeah, no, I love that he um, that he makes music, and he seems to truly enjoy it. And good for him. I, I, I salute that. I salute you, Vin Diesel. Because, again, when I go to the gas station, I put 87 in my car. When I go to the movie theater, the only thing I'm pumping is diesel. I say, <laughs> fill her up. Give me two hours worth of diesel. Oh, that's good. That's, that's, that's a winner. So what do you got for the topic? Um, I have a weird coincidence uh, about the last time that I was in L.A. Um, so I went down there to record a song with my band, and it was like our, our kickoff location. Oh, hold on a second. What band are we talking about here, Jesse? Uh, it's called Advertisement. We're, we're pretty small. Um mm. But I actually, I kind of think that you that you might you might like it. Like it, you know, it seems like something like? that you could possibly be into. It's what um, like? we're yeah, like it's like a rock group. We, you know, oh okay, kind of, oh it's like a rock group. That's all I needed to know. Yeah, yeah, we jump around. For oh, what is it? What does it sound like? That could mean anything. You could sound like no, Hawkwind. <laughs> you could sound like Hawkwind, or you could sound like. You could sound like uh, Olivia Rodrigo. True, true, true. Um, so it's like, yeah, a bunch of our influences. Uh, Big Star, Can, Neil Young, um, World Trucks. Mm. Mm. Um, you got some good influences. Let me ask you this question, Jesse, and then I want to hear your, your suggestion. Sure. Who is the American can? Who who do you think the American can is? Because I have a I have a notion here 
that uh, that dawned on me a couple days ago. Can's one of the all time greatest bands that ever existed. They're unbelievable. So, I had a notion that this that there's a band who is the Canadian the Canadian what no the Canadian can I got can in the, on the brain I got can con on the brain but the only con I have is the band can not Canada. So you take you think about it the great band can. Who is the uh, who is the American can? And you know who I think it is? Yeah. Contemporary band. Contemporary band. Hmm. Give me who do you think? If you guess yeah, it, oh my goodness. If you guess really... it, I'll I'll pass out if you guess it. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be able to guess it. I'm just trying to mull it over myself. Um a contemporary band? Yeah. How long have they been going for? Over a decade. Oh, I think you're close. I think you you feel it. You feel it and you're <laughs> you're you you're close. Um They sound like this. You're never going to get it. But this is who I think the American can is. That's right. This is can. This is our can. The OCs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's actually... Why not? Think about it. They're so textural. They're so textural. And they're yeah, catchy, and, but and they're they're tec- also, they've got the textures. they got the two drummers going. That's our And can. they change so much. They're, they're versatile. They're, they develop like Can did as well. Yeah. They go wherever they want. John Dwyer's like Willie Bleepin' Wonka. He'll take you wherever you want. That's a good answer to that question. I... I recently actually kind of had a renaissance with the OCs where I was listening to them a lot more frequently and I was like, yeah, this band rocks. This is pretty good. Yeah, a little more than pretty good, I would say. I mean, look, admittedly, it's not advertisement. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear yeah, advertisement. Uh, well, tell me more about this band of yours, advertisement. Yeah, so we've been around for like six years. Um, released a couple of demo tapes and stuff like that. Our first official release came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And would that be 20... the Freedom EP? Uh... Is this your band? <laughs> oh my god. Jesse? Oh my god, I'm j- I just lost my mind. Sorry, I, my heart just went into like a panic. I can't believe you played that on the air. That's insane. Jesse, guess what, Jesse? What's that? Your band, your band sounds hot, bro. Holy moly. 
That's Tom, hot I feel stuff, like I'm bro. daydreaming right now. This is crazy. Send me some stuff, though. Send me some stuff. Seriously. I would be honored. Yeah, that would be Send me some stuff. You got vinyl or are you digital only? Yeah, yeah. We have vinyl, absolutely. Send me some stuff, bro. I got a I, new P.O. box. Got a new P.O. box. Is it, uh, is it on the website? No, you just t- send me, hit me up on Twitter. I got a, I got a P.O. box. I'll, I'll send me some stuff. Okay, got it. it. I'll do that. Good stuff, I'm, Jesse. So tell I'm, me the, what you got for the topic. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm flabbergasted. Anyway, so we're, um, we go down to L.A. <clears throat> we're going to record a single, and we're kind of scrambling to get a, a studio space to record. And all the while, my, my friends Charlie and Cole and I were talking about the best show a lot because uh, the three of us have been listening for a while, and um, we were making jokes about how you moved to L.A. and all that good stuff. And so we finally get to a, get a, a studio space, and we're all like, well, is this, is this good or is this just like a last resort? And one of our bandmates is like, oh, yeah, it's good. It's where Kurt Vile recorded this thing and we're like oh okay cool so it's probably solid um <clears throat> all the while more best show jokes Kurt Vile has kind of come into the mix because of the studio we get to the studio record the song everything's going well and we're getting to like the very end of our session it's like pretty late at night and we go outside to this like back patio area and there's, like, this weird party going on with, like, 10, 12 people. And we're like, what is this? Is this, like, some other band recording in the studio next door? Like, we couldn't figure out what it was. And then we're kind of just like, look looking out, over there. And, and who do you see out there? Who do you see out there? Kurt Vile. And who else? And we're just like. Me? And no, 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 no. That's what we, like, kind of thought was going to happen because we were like, this is too weird. We've been, we've been talking about the best show all day. We've been talking about Kurt Vile. There he is. And we, I couldn't, well, I don't know. We weren't like lurking. So I didn't know if, if you might've been there, but. Mm -hmm. Well, what what did you, did you talk to him? No, we didn't because we like, they were filming some documentary looking thing. Um, and it was like, they were having a good time and partying and there was like Mm. A-list celebrities there and stuff. But like, yeah, was was one of those uh, A-list celebrities? Does their middle initial have a, a C? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was there that night. You were? Yes. Oh man. Okay. Well, now it's just became the largest coincidence. Was there a guy there who who does a, who's part of a partnership, but does all stuff on on their own? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Does a show called On Cinema? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there. What the? I was there, goofball. Why don't you come out and say hi? You're talking well, about coincidence. Like, Here's your coincidence right here. You called up thinking you got some crazy coincidence. It just got it just got more uh, co- coincidental. Yeah, that is so bizarre. Cause yeah, really, your band was recording there. Well, look yeah, at that. That's nuts. That's nuts. I was right next to I was right next to advertisement the whole time. You were. The advertisement you were. should have read, come out and say hi to Tom, weirdo. 
<laughs> I know, we were just like the dorks in the background, like, we don't want to interrupt their party. Come on and say hi, you could have talked to me. You, yeah, you wackadoodle. We, you wackadoodle. We just didn't, we just didn't so want say to. So say you're a Look, this is what I want you to say, Jesse. Tom, I am a wackadoodle. Tom, I am a wackadoodle. I should have said hi to you when I had a chance. I should have said hi to you when I had a chance. But I didn't. But I didn't. And to make it up to you. And to make it up to you. I'm going to send you some records by my band advertisement. I'm going to send you some records by my band advertisement, and you can count on that. Yeah, cool. Look, I appreciate the call. You're the best, Tom. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. That's a weird one, huh? How about that? Guy was feet away from me the whole time. He was calling to call up about a coincidence. He was calling up to talk about a coincidence. He didn't know there was a whole other coincidence right under the surface. <gasps> Payout, uh, give me line five, please. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom, Mike and Baybridge here. Uh, first time caller, long time super fan. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing good. Um, I, I hope this call finds you and yours in in good spirits, despite the the turmoil happening on the other side of the planet. Uh, my my hope is that we can find that connection with one another, that that special common thread that we all share, that can make the difference between war and peace ecstasy and suffering. I, I think we need to dig deep and find that, that inner knowingness, that, that sense of place. That that, okay. I, hey, I just want to just, I got to cut you off there. Your name isn't Mike from Bay Bridge. It's Bruce Springsteen. How you doing, Bruce? I got to say this. Yeah. You must have, have, elephant blood in you that helps you remember all, all the people who call in every week. It's, it's quite astounding. Oh, Bruce, it's, uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's very kind of you to, 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 uh, to say that, but I will say you are Bruce Springsteen. Oh, well, look, uh, there's no need to be modest. I, I, you know, just answer, you know, to, do you have that thing that Mary Lou Henner has? What's it called? A highly superior autobiographical memory? I don't. Although sometimes I wonder with, with when people are like, they could generally make stuff up and who could verify it? That is true. That is true. I don't know if you saw her on um, 60 Minutes about 10 years ago talking about it. You know, you can... You can ask a person who's who's got that that thing happening any random date, and they'll remember everything about that day, what they ate that day, where they went, and we're talking like forty years ago. Bruce, ask me a day. Ask me a day. Let me see if I could do it. All right, um, July tenth, nineteen ninety nine. 
Oh, of course I remember July 10th, 1999. It was the summer, so I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt that day. I was wearing a t-shirt. Um, I was, I was wearing a uh, Mud Honey t-shirt that day. Um, it's a band I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, Mud Honey, but I was wearing a Mud Honey t-shirt that day. And I remember I went to eat. I went to a local pizza place. I remember I got two plain slices and I wanted to get a, a, a diet Coke also, but the guy said that the, the, that the, they had a problem with the, the syrup lines on the, on the thing and they didn't have the, they could only sell cans, not, not fountain sodas that day. And I really wanted a fountain soda. So, but I did get a can. See, see, I just made all of that up. Well, that sounded sort of like you made it up, I think. You do? I don't know. It sounded too mundane to be plausible. Too mundane? I'm just living my regular life. Well, all right. Well, I don't know if you remember that that interview with her, but she was able to remember, like, you know, specific, like, world events that happened on, on those days. And I'll tell you, I I was watching that interview with her praying the interviewer wasn't going to just pull out the date, March 6th, 1979. Why's that? Well, I came by the taxi set that day because I was asked to do this cameo as a tough-talking, slick new driver named Brad. Okay, I didn't know about any of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well... I went in there, and I'm, I'm looking all around for the showrunner, and I accidentally walk into Mary Lou's dressing room, and she was doing some, you know, some stretching while wearing a leotard, and, and I can't believe I did this, but it was just like one of those scenes in a sitcom where a guy sees a hot lady, and he freezes, and all he can say is, hamina, 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 hamina. I must have said it 20 times. You literally said a hamina, 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 but, and you did that at least 20 times. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was so embarrassing. Eventually Judd Hirsch had to literally move me out of the doorway. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. a, that's a weird moment, Bruce. I, I never did get the role of Brad because I, I would have had to shake my head and gain 30 pounds. Well, I, so Brad, Brad was supposed to be a cool, a cool young cab driver. Yeah. With a shaved head. Yeah, I couldn't understand why they just wouldn't let me look like I looked, because I looked cool right then, you know, at that, that point. Um, I don't know, maybe it was also because I kept looking into the camera the whole time during my screen test. Sure. No, I could understand. I could see that might be more of a hurdle. I don't know why they wouldn't want you on the show, because then it would just be like, I could just picture the moment where it's just like, we're like Tony Dan's would be like, "Hey, uh, Alex, do you hear about this new uh, cabbie, Brad?" I'd be like, "No, nah, I didn't hear about the new guy." Oh, here he comes now! And then like, you walk in, and then the studio audience would have gone nuts. But I would look like Latter Day Sid Barrett at the time, so it, it would be weird. But I don't know why they wouldn't just let you look the way you look and just be Bruce. I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's their loss. Um, hey, I wanted to hit the topic real quick, if I could. Sure. Yeah. I 
I just tuned in, so I, I don't know if you've already addressed it. Twice today, it was two, 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 two. That's right. And yeah, it happened two day. times. Amazing. And you know what else we have coming up is um, on the East Coast, it'll be 1022. 10, how does this work again? I don't know. I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind, Bruce. Sorry. You sound like you're falling asleep. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, message received on that one. No, I was was literally falling asleep. No, no, no. You sound a little sleepy. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to be so boring. Hey, well, yesterday was also a freaky coincidence. What's that? February 21st, the birthday of both Ivy Rorschach and Brian Gregory from the Cramps. That's wild. Two Cramps born on the same day. I don't know of any other case where two band members share the same birthday. I mean, besides the obvious one. But what's the obvious one? Uh, Dean Clean and Rodney Anonymous of the Dead Milkmen, May 21st. Okay, I didn't didn't know yeah. that. You know, I was in the cramps for a hot minute. Real? Though well, this is news to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the summer of oh my god, it was seventy uh, seven. And okay, you know, oh wow, well, was, way way back. It was, it was way back. Yeah, I think they'd only been together two years. But I loved mm-hmm. them, and um. I was just kind of fed up with being the front person, and I played third guitar, if you can believe it. You were third guitar in the cramps. Yeah. My my um, my um horror name was going to be Bruce Slime Spleen. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, but I, I quit because I thought Brian was going to kill me in my sleep on tour or even in my wake. <laughs> uh-huh. You just had a bad feeling about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, getting back to Russia, you know, I touched on that earlier in the call. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, Putin's a pretty tough cat. And, and sometimes I, I wonder what it would be like if the most badass, strongest person in each country was actually a leader. Uh, I tell you, I think that would be a... And you you let them fight it out like two tribes style. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's almost like idiocracy where Terry Crews' character is the president because he's like the toughest mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, wonder, I think I it would think be great. It's like a money, put your money where your mouth is kind of moves. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I I'm, I think I could be president. I, I, I'm in good shape. I think so, too. You are in good shape. You're you're uh, you're pretty jacked, Bruce. Thank you. Maybe you and I could wrestle for hosting privileges of the best show. Well, I I think this is kind of, well uh, or so well it would have to be an equivalent thing would be that I become the leader of the E Street Band then. That sounds fun. that sounds great, <laughs> Tom. I'm kidding, of course. It wouldn't be fair. I'm I'm 72 and in the best shape I've ever been in. And I've had people come up to me on the street and ask if you're my great grandfather. 
and ask if I'm your great grandfather. Yes. Oh, that's that's hurtful, Bruce. No, that, no. That, that that hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remember how hurt my feelings no, were last week when we we roasted each other. So I'm yeah, you're sorry. trying to get back at me. I I get it. You probably have I, a little I, bit of residual. Uh, yeah, and you're trying to give me a little bit of business on the on the tail end here. Okay, well, you can make fun of me now because I was going mm-hmm. through this crate of demos I, I made during the mid-'90s. Oh, my God, such a strange time for me. I, I was on my own after dissolving the band, and I felt like I needed to branch out into these other genres. Oh, my God, these, these, these tapes are, are, are pretty embarrassing. Yeah, the early '90s, the the '90s in general, a lot of it you were you were a little lost. Well, I was more lost than you realize. Okay, yeah, because okay, like what are on some of these demos? Well, I found an entire tape of ska songs I wrote in 1996. Okay, and thank God these songs never made it out of my possession. Uh, I I can't bring myself to listen to these, but here's a, a few of the titles. Uh, Let me be your pick it up man. Uh, Checkerboard love. Keep your piggies off my pork pie hat. Uh, a special kind of madness. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I worked the specials and madness into that song title. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's also a swing tape. A swing tape? You mean like from uh, which was of the of the era back then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who stole my spats? Is one of the songs. Uh, Ring a ding, my ding dong. It's kind of an R-rated swing updating of my dingaling. Okay. Uh, she broke my heart when she broke my Benny Carter seventy eights. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those weren't good. Um, there's also a tape of new metal songs, if you can believe that. Uh, yeah, please. I would love to hear more about that. It's a little horrifying to think that you were dabbling in new metal at one point. Well, when you hear the titles, you're going to be even more horrified. Okay. What are some of the titles? Uh, I've got the sickness. <laughs> All right, I've my got wallet. Okay. Uh, detuned for her pleasure. Okay. Uh, strangled with my giant black cargo shorts. Uh-huh. Uh, get some tonight. I do remember a lyric from that. It was, uh, I got a bone with your name on it, but there's other skank, my, there's other skank names on it too. See, I can't even do it right. It was so, such an unwieldy, uh, you know, genre for me to even dabble in. Yeah, it's, it's it really doesn't sound natural yeah. for you. I want to get that line right again. I got a bone with your name on it, but there's other skanks' names on it too. That's, that's yeah. Well, I'm glad, but Jeepers, thanks for getting that right. Uh, Listen, Patty can never know about this tape, okay? Uh huh. Okay, I won't. I won't tell. This stuff just isn't me, you know. I was trying to be someone I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Although, don't tell anyone, but I, I did appropriate several parts of a Squirrel Nut Zipper song for Tomorrow Never Knows, which ended up on Working on a Dream. So they could, at any point, they could, they could, uh, they could, they could get some of the publishing for that. Well, not if they don't know about it. I've only ever done that once. 
Hey, speaking okay. of my lyrics. Yeah. A few months ago, there was some discussion happening online about what I'm saying at the beginning of Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. Um, some people th- think it's the screen door slams, comma, Mary's dress waves. And then other yeah. people thought it was Mary's dress sways. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's neither. Like, it's it's neither. Okay, what is it then? Well, it didn't it didn't make it in the final version of uh, of the song, but the first scene of uh, of Thunder Road takes place in a house where a terrible chainsaw murder has occurred. Okay. And the lyric is the screen door slams Mary. So it it's the screen door basically by the time Mary lives in that house, the house is haunted, and the door slams shut on Mary's hand. And I took the part out where her fingers were severed by the door because I was told that it would scare children. What? Is, what is this? Is like horror, horror rock? Yeah, um, you know, a tape of it has kind of floated around, and I, I've read that Glenn Danzig cites this draft of the song as being the inspiration for uh, Sam Hain. Okay. Um, Man, that's uh... a. Pretty wild. That's a, you're 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 blowing my mind here, Bruce. With some of these, yeah, I blow minds for a living. The screen door slams, Mary. Okay. The next part of the line is heard. Well, you know, That's I hate to even it. say this because I think it's gonna, I think it's just going to change people's love of the song. But I, I, I'm being real. All right. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. All right, the so look into the creative the process. Of- this is a yeah, look into yeah, the it. artistic uh, journey that it takes. Thank you. Absolutely. The next part of the line is, her dress shoots waves of blood. Okay. So she was holding so- her severed uh, stumps in-, in the dress, and, you know, she was, you know, her blood was still pumping, so it was shooting out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was moving my head around so much when I sang the song that the mic only picked up some of the words and John and Jimmy thought it sounded good. So we left it at is. And basically, if you think about it, it's like that technical glitch that happened to Neil Armstrong when he said, that's one small step for a baked man, but his mic cut out during baked. Because he was, he was, he was high when he landed on the moon is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every astronaut was on Crippler when they went into space. I've done my research. Now you do yours. Okay, Bruce. Thank you for, okay, that's where we're at now. Um, that's, um, yeah, look, uh, Bruce, um, it's interesting that you sang the song with all those horrific lyrics in it, but since you were moving around, it only caught what people know on the finished product. Yeah, I was doing the Springsteen shake. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, what is that? Really what is that? It, when I get really into it, remember how, like, Michael Stipe dances in the Losing My Religion video? Sure. Imagine that times 30 and sped up even more. That's the Springsteen shake? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, 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 hey. 
I bet we have very similar senses of humor. What do you think? Um, I, you know, I wonder. I think we do. How about this? On three, let's both say our favorite uh, form of comedy, like what we like, what we think is the funniest. Okay? Okay. One, two, three. Black guys Black imitating white imitating guys. White guys. Oh my God, Bruce! We just said the same thing. It's like what you mean, like when a comedian of color does, like the like the the white the like the uptight white guy voice. Yeah, for me, I don't know. For me, I think it's, it's you know it's because I, I, I get sentimental with that because uh, I don't know if you know this, but Clarence used to imitate me, and it was the funniest thing ever. No, I didn't know that. Clarence would do an imitation of you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when we were shooting the cover of Born to Run with uh, mm-hmm. Eric Miola. Um, look, now in all modesty, I don't think there's ever been two better looking dudes than the big man and me on that cover, right? That's a cool cover, that album cover. Pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. So we're doing the shoot, but it's kind of stiff. It's weird. Like, like neither of us are, or actually he, he was fine. I, I was just kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was too self-conscious and I was just taking it too seriously. And, but Clarence knew exactly what would at the very least loosen me up, but most likely send me into hysterics. Okay. All right. So check it out. He, he's right next to me. Like he's on the cover. Uh-huh. But then he puts, he puts one of his hands on the guitar neck and then he starts air strumming he, the body of it. So like he's behind me and he's doing it. And mm-hmm. somehow I didn't, I didn't see him do it, but he puts in these buck teeth, puts on these horn rim glasses and a bow tie. And he starts riffing. Uh, hey everybody. The name's uh, Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, I have a new long playing album coming out on uh, Columbia records and James. Uh, it's called born to run. And I, I think you'll find the listening experience quite satisfying. Uh, uh, I, I think you'll find it. It helps you form a connection with, with me through the music. It also helps you uh, find a sense of place, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd make like a fart sound at the end. Uh-huh. Wow. He really got, I, he really nailed you. I loved it. I cracked up so hard. I fell over and I almost broke the telecaster. But that explains why you'd have the, the, the smile on your face that you do have on the cover, like the fun, yes. the, like the, the sly grin. Exactly. The, the, the photo on the cover is like five minutes later after I compose myself. But you mm-hmm. can tell that I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, well, that's a that's a sweet memory. That's a yeah, it is. That's a nice one, and yeah, and I I love I love the idea that like that just that that vo- oh okay oh excuse me buddy what's going like I I yeah. find it it's the funniest thing to me I like that and I like when little kids kick adults. Like physically kick them? Yeah, like in a comedy when like a little kid just hauls off and kicks an adult in the shins. I love it because there's nothing the adult can do about it. Yeah, and the adult just goes like, (laughs) Yeah, it's like a a Davy and Goliath kind of moment. David and Goliath, not Davy and Goliath, David and Goliath. I like Davy. It's like, 
This guy sounds like he wears a neckerchief and, and like a like a fringe vest. Yeah, well, it's that it's like that that old claymation show, Davy and Goliath. No, I think you're thinking about the replacements video for uh, when it began. That's that's going deep. Yes, uh, Bruce, you're getting your tonight's a deep night for you. It is. Hey, so you most likely know the story of how my lawsuit with Mike Appel kept us from making the follow up to Born to Run for several years, right? Sure. Yes. Well, I, I didn't put it in my book because I didn't want to embarrass the guys, but I, I've had a couple of those gummies that Bryce made before he went in the hut last week, and I'm feeling a little bit chatty. Okay. Yeah. Wait, Bryce went well, in. Bryce is, is in jail? He's still in there, yeah. I, I said, I'll gladly bail you out, but you know what his bail is? What? Seven million. Seven million. That's his bail. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a little too that's a little too rich for for my blood. It is. Yeah, yeah. I I said try Dylan. He just sold his publishing for even more than me. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. So, anyways, speaking of money, during that period, we couldn't do much to to make any money because we were so embroiled in this lawsuit that we all had to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like um, Max was a driving instructor. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, but his you know he's got this short temper, so it made it impossible for him to not get fired. Okay. Yeah, he just he lost his cool. Yeah, you know that scene in License to Drive where Corey Haim is uh, taking his driver's test, and the examiner puts a full coffee cup on the dashboard, and if the cup falls. Corey fails. Well, Bruce, I just need to say you have you have some pretty uh, you're you're all over the place with your references. I didn't I did I didn't know you knew Corey Haim movies. Are you kidding me? We're typos from way back. Okay. Yeah. You and you and Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. No, I hated Corey Feldman. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, Anyway, so that's the so Max was a driving instructor. Yes, yeah, and he did that, and of course he got a crotch full of uh, extreme heat, and he got very upset, and uh, eventually he got fired for running over one of the people he was testing. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, and then um, Roy got a job uh, cutting hair at a, at a place called Curl Up and Die. Okay, very much of the time with that name. Oh no! Wait, what's oh, going no. on? Oh no! Bruce, what's like, what's going on, Bruce? Well, I guess what they say about the best show being the favorite podcast of America's angriest and most violent swing bands is true. Why? What's going on? Squirrel nut zippers featuring one original member just pulled up to my house. <laughs> oh. I know it's so scary. It's, it's like funny. Or I got that's that's what happened. I just got a. It's like in a horror movie when something happens. I just laughed out of terror. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, they must not not out of not out of laughing at what you just said at all. Absolutely I don't not. find that even no, a little no. bit funny. No, 
they must have been listening to this show in their Studebaker and, and heard me say I stole part of that song. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now they're outside looking to tussle? Yeah, they're, they're holding these old-fashioned lanterns. Well, you know uh-huh. what? If they want to rumble, they'll get one. Yeah. You, you got to go get the Duke Street gang over there. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I was going to, I was going to call Steve. I, I don't need Steve, you know, because Tom. Yeah. I can do this by myself, and I got to go because I'm about to force feed some guys their own three piece suits. Okay, Bruce. Uh, there we go. Another call, Mike from Baybridge, aka Bruce Springsteen. So now a mainstay on the show. It's now a mainstay on the show. Oh, where are we at? Where are we at? Um, so, as you all know, the Patreon is the only way to support the best show. That's how we get our... Uh, that's how we keep the lights on. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, this is what we're going to do. You go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. You can, you can, uh, get bonus content. Going to figure a new thing out for you. Going to figure a new thing out. It'll be something else. We'll figure something out down the road but right now you got bonus content got so far got other other stuff uh march we're gonna have an exciting uh debut of something that i don't want to say but it'll happen march on the patreon so you go there you support the show you can get all that bonus content you can get the little steven interview for the best show book club also best show book club i am ready to announce the next book for Best Show Book Club. Now, this is news to everyone. The rest of the Best Show crew does not know this. They don't know what the name of the next book is. And, oh, my God, they're not going to be happy when they hear this one. They are not going to be happy. The next book for the Best Show Book Club Blood in the Garden, The Flagrant History of the 1990 New York Knicks by Chris Herring. That's the next book for the Best Show Book Club. That's right. Basketball time, baby. We're talking basketball with the next Best Show Book Club. So go get your copy of the book and read it and get ready. It's going to be fun. Breaking away from the rock uh, talk, mixing it up, talk some some NBA uh, basketball with that book. Patreon.com slash the best show. I saw Dinosaur Jr. the other night at the Fonda Theater. I'm going to say this. Can't hand, I could not handle this. Is what it, this is how it starts. They start off 
they play a song. They're warming it up. They're they're revving the engine up. It's it's good. It's good. It gets a little better. Next song, I'm like all right, here they go. I'm telling you, all of a sudden with that show, someone threw the bleeping switch at the thing because it was in a matter of moments. Suddenly, it was on. It was uh, bonkers all of a sudden. Suddenly, they they went for it. And it was just crushing. They just crushed from that point on. Just amazing. What an amazing... uh, what an amazing uh, band and one of the the only bands out there that are doing the um, that got back together and have have pretty much matched their their quality level that they were at in their uh, original iteration. Unbelievable! I, I, I love them so much. They were so good. I think they're wrapping their tour up, but it was it was great. So why don't we listen to something from Dinosaur Jr.? They put a record out last year, a live album called Emptiness at the Sinclair, which is from, a, I think they did a uh, filmed uh, live stream. This was the highlight of the set for me the other night, and here is a live version of Forget the Swan from Emptiness at the Sinclair by Dinosaur Jr. We'll be back in a few minutes. Right. Right. Imagine that, but at top volume. Wow. Blasting in your face. <laughs> Imagine that. That's yeah, nice. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No, you don't get it. Yeah, look. You're I exempt get it. From, no, no. You're exempt Fine, from talking about dinosaurs. Guitar no, fireworks. No, I mean, no, I get it. No, Everybody no. You, a lifetime ban <laughs> on you talking about Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> lifetime ban. This is, the, this is the dude. This is what Mike did. 18 years ago. Oh, Dinosaur Jr., not very good. <laughs> whatever he's, mo- whatever well, he's moaning about. I, I never put down the guitar playing. Ah, now he gets it. Now, too late. No more room. No more room on the bandwagon. Uh-huh. The bandwagon. They've been around for <laughs> since the since 1985. There's room on the bandwagon. Finally. You want to come on? Come on board now. Come yeah. on. You ready to... You ready to drop it and admit? I've seen him. I've seen him recently. Okay, all right. Look, they were heavy duty. Lou is a uh, my monster on bass now. Bass, if 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 R if if in in uh, if BTS can have a a, a member named uh, Rap Monster, RM. Then uh, Dinosaur Jr., I think Lou should, con- well, it would be BM, so that's not very good. I don't think that's a great, I was going to say Bass Monster, but which would be BM, and that's not the greatest nickname, though. BM uh, is, no. but Bass Monster is a good nickname, but don't abbreviate it. Uh, <laughs> Pat, well, well, first of all, we don't have Dudio tonight. Dudio is on assignment. We uh, will We will get him next week. We do have Mike, we do have Pat, and we do have, from what I'm being told, 
on the hotline, we have uh, our guest. Is that true, Pat? He's here. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to this guy, and then I think, uh, Mike, you might have a question at the end. I'll bring you in after I get the ball rolling with our friend Alex Scordellis. Yes, now, let me, let me tell you a little bit. How are you, Alex, first of all? How, good. Are, How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Let me tell for people listening, this is one of these guys, Alex Scordellis. You're like, oh, I heard that name. I heard that name. What does he do? You know what he does? He does everything. That's what he does. He's one of the best dudes in the biz. One of the funniest people he's got. He does writing for screenplays and for TV shows. And he writes articles. He, he just, he worked on difficult people. My one, you know, the great, the great difficult people with our mutual friend, Julie Klausner. It's Alex Cordell. I'm going to tell you right now. This is one of the this is the real deal. This guy's a real Thank deal. You. That's very nice of you to say, Tom. Thank you. Well, it's true. I only speak the truth. I don't speak in lies. You are uh, truly, you're truly somebody who I I always look forward to whatever you're doing, and um, yeah. But now you're you now. Now, what's the latest thing you've done now? And get a whole, get a load of this. You all know Guns N' Roses, right? The band Guns N' Roses. That's a, a, a rock band from the 80s. <laughs> now, they made a video for their album, Use Your Illusion. Was it on Use Your Illusion 1 or 2? I believe it's on 1. It's on 1. They did a song. They had all these videos. Guns N' Roses, you could make a case... Guns N' Roses were, in a way, the last rock band that operated solely by the original playbook for being a rock star. Yeah, you can make that case for sure. I think so. Because they acted like it was the 70s, and they were yelling. When they'd run into Nirvana at a thing, they'd yell at them and... And they were all mad and yeah, they were just, they were kind of like old school dirt bags. And, uh, look, uh, look, I think they're kind of terrible, <laughs> honestly, but I think they're endlessly fascinating. Also, you're talking to the person who has read two Frank Zappa books and watched three Frank Zappa documentaries and who's just like, Who's your least favorite uh, recording artist? Like, man, eh, probably Frank Zappa. So, <laughs> the 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 interest level is off the charts. Just don't make me listen to the, to the albums. That's all I'm saying. I'm with, I'm with you there. I think because I wrote this thing, I don't think I listened to Guns N' Roses once as I was writing it. I'm, I'm with you. Okay, now you, Alex Scordellis, at Alex Scordellis, as it spell it as it sounds. Exactly. You have forever been intrigued by this one video because a part of them being this old school rock band was they made music videos that cost six figures into seven figures. That's a, that ain't where we're at now. We're in the four figure music video era right now. And yeah. that might not even be the upper register of four either. 
you might be talking, you're in the mid fours now. <laughs> you want to make a music video. And ain't nobody writing seven, <laughs> seven figure checks right now. Not happening. So, no. But Guns N' Roses were so huge that they had all of these enormous videos. Don't cry. What, what's the other big one? Specifically, yeah, for these Use Your Illusion ones, there was a trilogy. Yeah. Don't Cry was very expensive. November and of course, and Estranged was the third one in the trilogy. Estranged mm-hmm. is a 10-minute video with CGI dolphins, and Axel jumps off an oil tanker into the ocean. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're enormous budgets. But November Rain is kind of the crown jewel of their music videos. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely, yes. It's a video that has just everything in it. It's it's so over the top because it's it's really the song is also them trying to do their stairway to heaven, their Bohemian Rhapsody. Like it really is meant to be this statement song. It's like a nine and a half minute song. Yeah. It takes you on a ride. <laughs> yeah. So then they make this video. And the video provokes a question in the mind of a young Alex Gordelis. And that question had haunted this Alex Gordelis until 2022, where he finally did something about it. Now, what is that question? Well, it's 30 years later. I saw this video as an 11-year-old kid for the first time. It played nonstop around the clock. Like, you could not avoid November Rain. Even as an 11-year-old, I could, was, it was on TV all day long. And the, the plot of the video is hard to pin down. It's Axl Rose is falling in love with Stephanie Seymour, the model, who at the time was his real-life girlfriend. And mm-hmm. in the video, they get married. And there's a scene about seven minutes into the video where it's an outdoor wedding reception. Everybody's having a good time. There's a band. You see Duff McKagan dancing. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Then the, the titular November rain. It starts to rain at this outdoor wedding reception. The rain comes down. Everybody heads for cover. Duff dives under a table. Everyone's going for cover. And one wedding guest at the wedding, a guy in a blue blazer with long hair, makes a run for it to get out of the rain, and he dives through a five-tier wedding cake, just plows right through it, wipes out the wedding cake, and then that's the end of the scene. And the, the question that haunted me is, why did he jump through the cake? He could have walked around the table. Uh, it's just rain. Uh, I, don't, I didn't understand the urgency to have to destroy the entire wedding cake and launch himself like a torpedo through it. And from the time I was 11, I was, I, it made no sense to me. And I think about it all the time. Couldn't get out of my head. So you would be like the first time you saw that was with, I believe you said in the order. And look, there's an art. You wrote about it for vice. Yes. And this article was so much fun. So for I, I'll right off the top, I want to tip my hat to you. You, 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 you killed it. It's, right. it's fun, but it's, it's, it's like, you're not putting it down. You're truly having fun with it. It's the best kind of fun. I thought. Because it's also legitimately interesting. It took me to places I didn't expect it to go. Yeah, it went down different roads, and you were chasing down the mystery of who is 
why did they why did the why did this person just jump into a wedding cake which is definitely not any solution to anything <laughs> it's generally not how you'd solve anything no but but now you're like why why did this happen and then exactly yeah i asked myself why did it happen over the years i've, I've uh, worked in entertainment and i've been on sets and when I look at this shot now from having some experience, I'm like it looks like a stuntman. He sort of holds the table and propels himself through the cake. So in my mind, I thought, oh, well, this, is, this video cost $1.5 million. Some people say it got up to $2 million. I'm assuming they had multiple cakes. I'm assuming there were lots of takes, and this guy had to change wardrobe every time, and that there was some grand plan behind this guy destroying this wedding cake. I didn't understand the meaning of it, so yeah, I wanted to do some digging to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And and everybody should read the article, and you could find it. I'm sure if you just search Guns N' Roses cake, <laughs> what, what would you up. search? Vice minus Gavin McGinnis <laughs> cake Guns N' Roses. And it will probably be the first hit you'll find. I would think so. Look, you yeah. can find this. We're We're all at a point where we can find things online. Um, but yeah, this, it's a really fun article. Where did you start in this mystery of trying to, because so the question was why? The question is why? So I wanted to find a place to start. And when I pitched this device, I told them the three people I wanted to interview were Andy Morahan, who's the director of the video, Ricky Rackman, who's in the video, had Ricky Rackman, host of Headbangers Ball, who appears in this scene and who many people thought was the cake diver, but clearly, if you look at it, it's not. But I wanted to talk to him anyway. And then I was hoping I could talk to somebody from Guns N' Roses. But the, the first person I talked to was Andy Morahan. Well, the first person I reached out to was Andy Morahan, the director. He's also directed West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys, all of George mm. Michael's videos, a lot of classics. Um, I emailed him, and he emailed me back uh, almost instantly and said, uh, no. He said, I, I will not do this interview. And he said, the secrets of the video are safe with me. I put this into, I put that into my article. The one thing I didn't put in is that he said, uh, this article sounds like a joke to me. And when he said that, I'll be honest with you, Tom, that lit a fire under me. I said, if you're going to say the secrets of the video are safe with you, now I feel like there are secrets that are to be had. Yeah. And also, if you tell me you think this article is a joke, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to write an article that's not a joke. I'm going to get, take this very seriously. And I'm going to do this. And so, you're not one of this. If people wondering, right, this Alex or like who they're saying, is this guy like a, a snarky dude? No, he's not. No, Al- Alex no. is is one of the sweethearts of comedy. We, we there's certain <laughs> sweethearts in comedy, and Alex is one of them. And he's not a snarky dude, and he's not going to be here trying to just. Uh, take a whiz on everybody no. with this thing. This was not, this was not a, this was not a, uh, cutting people uh, down at their, at their knees. Uh, you were not kneecapping anybody with this. No, 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 no kneecapping. I'm just a guy trying to get some answers about this video. And, but this guy turning me down sort of, uh, set me on a path. So the first person I did talk to was uh, Ricky Rackman. He was the first person mm-hmm. I spoke to for the article. And yeah, Ricky, I talked to him. He now lives in North Carolina. Uh, I didn't know yeah. that he hosts a uh, a radio show for the past 20 years called Racing Rocks. It's a show that talks about NASCAR, and he plays hard rock songs. And yeah. he also sells um, 
sweatshirts uh, for the Cat House, which was his, used to be his club in Hollywood. And he was telling me that Cat House sweatshirt sales are through the roof because they're seen prominently in the show Pam and Tommy. So he was telling me business is good. Things are great with Ricky. Um, Thank God. I, I just want to say as an aside, <laughs> thank God. Things are okay with Ricky Rackman. He earned it. Look, is he my Headbangers Ball host? No. My host of Headbangers Ball is, of course, Smash is my first love of Headbangers Ball. And then, uh, what's his face? Did Adam Curry host it? Gary Newman looking dude. I don't know. This is, I looked up Ricky hosted it from 90 to 95. It was canceled in 95. He's the only host I know. I don't, I don't have a pre-Ricky memory of the show. No, I like but Adam you, you, Curry a little bit better. <laughs> uh, but, but when you think of Headbangers Ball, you think of Ricky, right? He's the guy. No, sure, of course. Yeah, you think of him just the way a lot of people, when they think of ACDC, think of uh, Brian Johnson as the singer, not, oh, not, uh, bon- not, uh, not Bon Scott. As the true heads know, Bon Scott is the singer. Yes. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I see what you're saying. So Ricky, Ricky came later. He saw the show till the end. Um, I spoke to him about being on set, and he sort of painted a picture of what it was like to be on the set of November Rain. He, they were up all night shooting a scene at the Rainbow, the club on the Sunset Strip where Guns N' Roses would hang out, and they went from the Rainbow directly to the wedding reception scene outside and started shooting that as soon as the sun came up in the morning. Everybody was feeling a bit rough. And he's just said, because if you Google who is the cake jumper, Google tells you it's Ricky Rackman. Uh, he said it's a misconception. I'm not the cake jumper. People ask me all the time if I'm the cake jumper. It's not me. If you look closely, you can clearly tell it's not me. And that was that. He said it's not me. And I was like, well, I can cross his name off the list. And he also said that even though he was on set, he didn't witness the cake jump happen. Okay. So that sort of gave me my first clue that maybe this wasn't an elaborately planned shot. If he was there all day and happened to miss it, I thought maybe... Sure, because that would have been the kind of thing everybody would have wanted to gather around and watch someone slam their slam themselves into a cake. It would have been the highlight of the shooting day. Yes, I would agree. But he didn't see it. He said it's not him. He wanted to go on the record as saying it's not him. And I said, okay, so that was my basically my conversation with Ricky ended there. And now, were there, you frustrated went, at this point? I mean, no. I was. I was happy to get Ricky on the record as saying he's not the guy because there is. It is all over the internet. Everywhere thinks that Ricky is the guy. But if you look at it closely, anybody with working eyes can tell it's not Ricky. And uh, also, as a fan of Headbangers Ball, I was just you know happy to talk to him. So, <laughs> so Ricky couldn't get you, and Ricky couldn't throw you a phone number for Matt Sorum. You know, he mentioned. That he is still friendly with Axel, so I, I was one of those situations where I'm trying to play it cool, and do I say, "Well, can you use conference Axel in right now?" And I, I played it. I didn't go that far. Um, I actually did reach out to Matt Thorne's uh, rep, and they said we no longer represent him. Uh, so I, that was my Matt Thorne search ended there. Um, so this is like a real, this is like uh, all the president's men. Uh, you're here. You're chasing down. You're like. Follow the cake. <laughs> I was following the cake wherever it would take me. 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of yeah, Guns N' Roses, I, I reached out to Matt Sorum. I reached out to Dizzy Reed, who was the keyboard player during the, this period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I learned that Dizzy Reed in 2006 joined a fraternity at Cornell. I, that made no sense to me, but that's on his Wikipedia page. Uh, and I also I, um, I DM'd Duff McKagan on Instagram and have not heard back from Duff. But it's, it's, I mean, I've worked in journalism and magazines for 10, 15 years, and i got to say Guns N' Roses is like the most impenetrable band. Usually I'm able to find a contact of somebody, but these guys are they're off the grid. Mm. Interesting. So, I might have to get involved. I might have to get involved. <laughs> I might have to get involved. I've worked with Duff McKagan before. I know you have worked with Duff. You, I should have, I should have reached out to you. You should have me, me to Duff. I've got a DM sitting in Duff's Instagram inbox, unread. Well, look, we're gonna we're look. That's but neither here nor there. So the mystery takes you from Ricky Rockman, yeah. Ricky Rackman, or is it just Rockman? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just make it Rockman? Rock you're that would close. Make more sense. You're that close. And then you're going to say Rackman? Make it a running a, what are you running a, uh, 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 Ross dress for less? Ricky Rackman? <laughs> your racks of clothing? Or are you in the, or are you in the field of, of rock and your name's Ricky Rockman? I think Ricky Rockman. How am I, how am I fixing that at this point for this guy? <laughs> it's 2022 and you've just come up with Ricky Rockman. Yeah. Been a different he been, he's like, no, it's Rackman. Why? <laughs> You're the rock man. Ricky Rockman. He's the rock man. Well, look, he's too busy uh dealing with uh whatever with uh, uh Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the scene right now. So so then what happens next? Well since I know the director won't talk to me and I've got this fire lit under me, I'm like, well I want to talk to the next best person, possibly even a better person, who to me would be the cinematographer, because this is the guy who's got the front row seat. The guy yes. behind the camera is the closest thing to it happening. He'll have the true story. He'll know what happened. So I reach out to him. His name is Daniel Pearl. Mm-hmm. He got back to me right away and was happy to talk to me. And when I looked at this guy's IMDb page, it blew me away. What are some uh, things that Daniel Pearl worked on? Well, first of all, if you asked, this guy's an unsung hero of the music video industry he if you look at his imdb if you ask anybody what are your 10 favorite music videos this guy's got at least five videos in everybody's list he did mm-hmm. that don't impress me much by shania twain he did okay, every favorite video uh, <laughs> every van halen video rem's radio free europe missy okay. elliott super duper fly the guns mm-hmm. and roses trilogy every mm-hmm. mariah carey video i've already said that it's good on the list it's Every big video, this guy has been behind the camera. Do you know? Then, do you know if he did um, that video with new radicals in the shopping mall? Were they in the elevator? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he's got the hat on. Not a whole lot of videos to talk about when it comes to the new radicals. Did he do "Smash It Up" by Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes? <laughs> that video. <laughs> if you go deep on the IMDb. You may find new radicals. You may find the Asbury Jukes. Okay. There, there's a lot of surprises in it. It's, his IMDb takes you on twists and turns, which the twists and turns, when you get to the very bottom of his IMDb, his very first credit was that he was the cinematographer on the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 
which oh blew my me away. goodness! So he's the guy holding the camera when they spin around uh, old uh, Leatherface. Yes, he talked to me about that shot. Uh, he was holding a 16 millimeter camera, handheld, just dancing with Leatherface, just dancing around him, is letting him flail with that. Oh my saw. god! This guy's amazing. In the front row. That's the most famous shot in horror movie history, and this guy was yeah. right there, inches away from it. Yeah, except for the big reveal in Malignant. <laughs> the second biggest horror second shot biggest. is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> the reveal in Malignant <laughs> is number one. No Everybody knows that, Alex. So, no but you're talking now to a legend. This is the this is the director of photography for the Guns N' Roses video, uh, yeah. uh, November Rain. This is who would have been as close to the action as anybody could possibly be. And what did Daniel Pearl tell you? Daniel Pearl told me that it was, in fact, an extra and that it was one take, that it just happened spur of the moment. He was told by the director, Andy Morhan, a guy's going to jump through the cake, grab a camera, we're going to get it right now. It was the end of the day, they were about to wrap, and he Mm -hmm. got it. He got the shot. The guy just goes right through Mm -hmm. it. It was perfectly framed. He said, one take and done. Uh, And it was very interesting to hear from Daniel that he didn't think the shot looked good. He thought it looked ridiculous. He thought, when it was told to him what was going to happen, he thought somebody was going to run and trip and like stumble into the cake. Mm-hmm. That's Not literally barrel into it like they're trying to crash through a window. No. Like, so, like the, 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 the dude in this Guns N' Roses video is doing a full-on action movie uh, attack on that cake. Is that, is that how you would describe it? That's absolutely how I would describe it. Uh, yeah, like a stunt man from a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie diving out of a burning building, but he's doing it into a, a wedding cake. Yeah. And this guy said it was one take, and, he, and it, his, his opinion, he thought it looked very wrong. He thought that's unusable. That's just a garbage end-of-the-day shot. Mm-hmm. That's going to go on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to see that. And then I asked him, well, what did you think when you saw it in the video? And he said, well, I still think it looks very wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a, his opinion. That it was one that it was a spur of the moment shot, and two that he was surprised it's in the video and thinks it looks out of place. And now, when you mentioned that Guns and Roses, uh, the, the, the Guns and Roses video, that the DP was also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, DP, you you actually made an interesting uh, equivalency that that blew this guy's mind. Yes, I, he, I was surprised no one had ever told him before, but when I had read that he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a very, probably the, other than the cake shot, the most famous shot in November Rain is uh, Slash walks out of a chapel in the middle of the desert and does a solo. And the camera flies around Axel as he flails with his guitar. And I told him, I said, that reminds me of the shot with Leatherface. And he said, you know what, you're exactly right. It's the exact same vibe. And uh, then he sort of, he did a breakdown of the two shots for me. He said the flash shot, he was on a steady cam and he had a crane cam, and then there was a helicopter circling Slash very low. And Daniel mm. said that uh, the helicopter almost tipped into Slash and they had to end the shot. Uh, we almost lost Slash. We almost um, lost Slash so, on that day. <laughs> the helicopter came very close. If that happened, there would be no Slash snake pit, no spaghetti no incident, revolver. no, no velvet revolver. 
Yeah, no, and then no slash. He's a human being. It would have been that actually would have been the actual tragedy is that this human being would no longer be with us. But um, so so this this guy and this DP, I'll say this: he sounds like, and you know, don't take this the wrong way. He sounds like the Alex Gordellis of of uh, of cinematographers. Nice guy, well, been involved yeah, yeah, with a lot of different things. And everybody likes very, him. Very affable. Seems like everybody likes to work with him. Yeah. Uh, was open and funny and laughing and talking about it and sort of got the humor of all of it, but was also able, happy to sort of talk shop and talk technical stuff. And Sure. Which I was and for people who don't know yeah. what I'm talking, people are just like, well, this you're, you're, you're pumping this Alex Gordellis up a little much. <laughs> all I want to say, you made, so, you made a video that I yeah. still find to be one of the most troublingly funny slash, I'm not sure if I think it's, I'm still not sure if I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen or just upsetting. <laughs> and you know which video this is. I'm, I'm going to guess it's, is it denim car? It's Jay Leno <laughs> driving around in a denim car. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you pitch this? You told me the story once. You're like, oh, I'm at Funny or Die. And then I'm pitching, everybody's pitching Jay Leno ideas. And you just said, denim car. And he went, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That is maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard is that you're in a room and Jay Leno's like, I don't know about that idea. This idea. and And you just go, denim car. On the spot, he's like, "Yeah, we'll do that." Car. Not to put my coworkers down, but he was tearing every other pitch to shreds. And Denim Car was like, "Yeah, right away." That's the one. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I, I, he's in a room, in so everybody's like looking around, like, "Man, nothing's landing with this guy." I can't, I can't believe nobody's, nobody's getting this guy to bite on any of these ideas. And he's actually like tearing us apart. Like he's, he's no, like, no one's getting anywhere with this guy. <laughs> then no, you just go kind of scared. People are like, this guy yeah. is not liking anything we're saying. Yeah. Know, this also took place in the middle of his garage. We were sitting around a oh. circled up some chairs and we're in the garage, uh, surrounded by classic cars, pitching them very intimidating environment to pitch. And, sure. uh, but no, denim, denim car was the one. So, and that denim car video, I still don't know what I think of it. I've seen it sure. six times, probably. Yeah, yeah. And Alex, I'm going to say this. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it not, is? But this is the thing. I might not like it, but I also think it might be a masterpiece. Well, it's one of those things where you just got to do it for the experience and mm-hmm. almost like very similar to the November rain thing, just sitting around with Jay for two days, making this video, just asking him questions. The, the picturing you going back for the second day is the funniest <laughs> part of this that you had oh, really to say, good, all right, see you tomorrow, man. And then, there was, yeah. <laughs> then you just like, what time's call tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Nine, nine. Yeah. Okay. And you're just like, going back in and then you see him there and he's different because a day has passed 
And oh, sometimes you, you work on a thing with somebody in like one crazy day and then that's it. It's a crazy day and the crazy day ends and then you never see the person again. No, you were, like you had that experience thing. and then you just, you went home and went to bed. Yeah. Went and then went back to see Jay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just sort of pepper him throughout the day where I would sort of like ask him questions like, I bet you've had dinner with Michael Jackson. He's like, Oh yeah, of course I had dinner with Michael Jackson. Just tell me the story about how Michael Jackson had a guy who would taste his food to make sure it wasn't poisoned. I'm like, just give me all these stories. This is what I want. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was basically the experience of Jay. I'm just trying to get as yeah. much out of him as possible in that short amount of time. Maybe it was worth it for that. So, so, but back to the Guns N' Roses thing. Sure, I, I could yeah. talk about Jay yeah. Leno and Denim Carr all day long. <laughs> um, you then, you then talk to who? After Daniel Pearl, I, the cinematographer. As soon as I got off the phone with Daniel Pearl, maybe like 10 minutes later, I get an email from Andy Moran saying, okay, I will co- cooperate with you. I'll do an interview. Well, well whoop dee so do. And also, I want to say this. I, I've gotten a few people of, you'll appreciate this. You're a, a basketball fan, uh, yeah. Alex Gordellis. Finally, the t- clip of Der- Derek Coleman from the New Jersey Nets saying whoop dee dam do has surfaced. <laughs> I've been asking for it for about <laughs> 10 years and a few people have sent it to me. Apparently whatever happened that became that clip dropped and it's out there and it will be on the show very soon. <laughs> this is an exciting development. Yes. So but, yeah, what did damn do? <laughs> he said, I'll do the interview. And he, when I spoke to him, he turned out to be incredibly nice very kind, spoke to me for a long time, answered all my questions, um, and sort of gave me the inside scoop. Uh, he told me, I mean, a few interesting things, a couple things that made me laugh. He told me two things about Axl Rose that made me laugh. One was that, this isn't in the article, but that uh, he mentioned that the inspiration for the November Rain video and the other Guns N' Roses videos he did were the films of Nicholas Rogue, the British filmmaker. And I, the thing that was in the article is I asked him, I was like, well, was Axl Rose familiar with the films of Nicholas Rogue? And uh, Andy said, no, I had to get a cassette tapes of them and sit down with Axl and sort of show him the pertinent clips. And that just visual to me made me laugh of a director funny. sitting down showing Axl Rose classic cinema, trying to explain how that's going to come across in November Rain. Um, and also, just getting his attention for that much, like, you know it would be a little, like, trying to grab this dude's attention for a little bit. The guy who did the David Bowie movie and performance. So he was, he had a, yeah. Nicholas Rogue had worked with a bunch of uh, uh, heroes of, of Axl Rose's. Yeah. So, so it, it impressed Axl, I think, that that was going to be their inspiration. But yeah, again, Axl watching those videos, to me, is pretty funny. And... Yeah, so then in, in talking to Andy, Andy sort of broke down the same thing that, that Daniel said, that uh, they got in one take. Now, the one thing I didn't bring up is the thing that sent me down all these rabbit holes is I found on the Internet a blog spot post from 2006, where in 2006 somebody said, hey, who's that guy that jumps to the cake in November rain? And a few people in the comments chimed in with answers. And a lot of people thought it was Ricky Rackman. And... One guy said that he was on a train in Malaysia at some point. This man's name was Jim from Sweden. And Jim from Sweden was in Malaysia, and he said he sat next to 
uh, man nicknamed Slow, who said that he was the guy that jumped through the cake in November rain. And he said that he had been an extra and that he had pitched the idea to the director. It was, his, it was the extra's idea to jump through the cake. And so I asked Andy, is that what happened? Is that one down? And Andy said that was very possible. He said he didn't remember they'd been up all night shooting, but he said that he usually kept a stable of stuntmen and extras, and that it's very likely that one of them came up to him and said, hey, I have an idea. I want to jump through the cake. Uh, and that's what happened. So the, the extra jumps through the cake. And so the conclusion, the thing that made me laugh that Andy said is that he also didn't like the shot when he saw it in the edit, and he took it out of the cut. And so we, they showed the video to Axel, and Axel blew up and said, where's the cake shot? I love the guy jumping through the cake. So at Axel's request, they had to put it back in. So this shot almost went away forever. Came very close to if, going away. Yeah, if Axel didn't say, I loved when the guy jumped through the cake. <laughs> and what was the name? Flow or Slow? Slow, S-L-O-W. Slow okay. was the guy on the train in Malaysia, uh, apparently, allegedly, who was the one that pitched the idea to the director on set. He went up to him and said, like, hey, you know, I want to jump through that cake. And it was the end of the day. They had nothing else to do. They Then they, they got it. I got to say, sounds like somebody's going to head into Malaysia. <laughs> well... This is since the article is published, some new information has come to light. <laughs> really? So there's new information. So, so basically, you would say that from the article, and again, even if this conversation, you've heard this conversation, go read the article. It's really funny and fun, and you're going to love it. And so the, the, the why got answered. Yes, the why got answered. But the who. The who is still out there. Still a mystery, but there's new information from a few sources. Um, and has this all one, happened? This happened, you said, since the article went public. Article went public Friday. This has happened over the weekend. Okay. I've been contacted a couple times. One thing unrelated to the cake jumper is a man contacted me over Twitter and said that he was an extra at the church and he was throwing rice at Axel Rose and Stephanie Seymour as they exited the church. And his memory was that the, deep, the AD, the assistant director, kept yelling at him, arc the rice, arc the rice. That had nothing to do with anything, but it made me laugh. But the, no, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, little little detail, but <laughs> not the answer you're looking for. No, not the answer. Sorry, there's a little detail. I'm working my way to the deep. Uh, a, um, an actress and comedian, uh, Jackie Michelle Johnson, who's a friend here in L.A., she reached out to me and said that she moved to L.A. in 2007 or 8, and she was working in background. She was an extra in movies. And she was an extra in a 2008 movie called G-Force. That is a Disney movie. No, G-Force, it's the Zach Galifianakis hamster movie. Yes, yeah, so the, the G is for uh, guinea pigs. They're guinea pigs that go on special missions. Yeah. And she was an extra in that movie and their long days on set. And she was sitting next to another background actress who's a little bit older. And this woman, she said was full of great stories. And she talked a lot about how she had been an extra in November rain. And Jackie in 2008 had the exact same question I did, which is, were you there for the cake jump? And she said, I was absolutely there for the cake jump. 
It was the funniest thing. The guy who did it was a great friend of mine. Uh, he was always cracking people up on set and did it as a joke to make everyone laugh. And he has since passed away. That's what she said. So he's the cake jumper, according to her, probably no longer with us 30 years later. And then another, um, two women who have a Guns N' Roses podcast that I'd never heard DM'd me and they said, we've also looked for this information and we believe, we can't confirm that they believe he has passed away. So can't confirm his identity. I thought it was a guy that might, I'd found a name, I don't want to say the name, but I'd found an actor that I thought it might be and I'd been reaching out to him a lot, not getting any bites. But I have two people who think that he may no longer be with us and some other leads also, but it's still, so the answer is it's still kind of a mystery. This is like, uh, yeah, this is like the Zodiac. <laughs> got the yarn on the wall connecting pictures together. Yeah, no, you're, you're running threads. You're going here. You got a giant picture of Axl Rose up on the thing. And then you're running a piece of yarn over to Sophia Coppola. And you're running a piece oh, yeah, of yarn over to Ricky still- Rockman. Yes. The women who had the podcast, I haven't heard their podcast, but it's called Nothing Lasts Forever, which is a November rain lyric. But yeah, they, 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 the Sophia Coppola is sort of the end of the story where, uh, as I talked to Andy, I said my last question to him was, um, what do you think is the legacy of your video? And he gave a, it was a very honest sort of emotional answer that was, um, you know, Nirvana came along right after November rain. That's when they really blew up and it kind of made Guns N' Roses look obsolete almost instantaneously. And he, for a long time, wasn't super proud of the video. He thought it was overindulgent. He told me there's a Guns N' Roses video he shot called Garden of Eden. It's one take and a fisheye lens. And he's like, that's more my style. He said, but I sort of felt bad about the video for a long time until about 10 or 15 years ago, he got a phone call from Sofia Coppola's assistant. And she had asked to buy storyboards or memorabilia from the video. And when he received that call, he said that's really the first time he felt like, oh, maybe this thing had an impact on people you know, that I didn't foresee. Um, which led me to reach out to Sofia Coppola. <laughs> so that was the last, and, and you did uh, get a hold of Sofia Coppola. I did. I emailed Sofia Coppola, and I asked her three questions. I think was one was your thoughts on November rain. And she said she loved it. She loved the glamor and the romance and the epic scale of it. Um, I forget what my second question was, but I obviously asked her about the, the cake guy. And she told me, she didn't remember that. How do you get an agent? (laughs) (laughs) Just like every Q and a I've ever been at, uh, with where it's just like any kind of like interview thing, there'd be somebody just go like, yes, uh, Somebody will ask a question that isn't a question, and it's just basically mm-hmm. they want to make a statement to the artist. And then somebody yeah. will be just like, uh, yes, I want to ask, uh, how do you, uh, get representation? And, and I want to say this to anybody who's wondering, don't worry. I'm not making fun of you. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about representation. Just go do Seriously. stuff. Go out and audition. Honestly. The the agent that you would get right now is not the agent you would want right now. Go put a couple things together and just have s- something to show and then fi- get an agent who's excited about you, not one that you're begging to rep you. That's what I would say. That's a little Don't bug there. Sophia Coppola with these questions. <laughs> so, yes. so, so, yeah, so yes. Sophia Coppola was a big fan of the video. 
but there was yeah. no no truths were coming from that side of the street. No, she didn't. She didn't even remember the cake shot. She was like, "Oh, I just went back and watched it. That's funny." She didn't, yeah. she didn't know, and she, yeah, that's basically what she said. And then she had no insight into where slow might be. Had no insight to slow. Uh, I didn't think to ask her this, but she mentioned she was like she lived in LA at the time and was a teenager. And she's like, those guys were a little bit older, so I could have gone to that set, but I didn't go. I was like, of course, she would, if she had, if she was in LA in 1992, she could have been in November rain if she wanted to, but it didn't cross my mind, but she, she brought that up. Sure. Sure. Now, what is the goal with the, is it, is, do you feel like that you've reached the end? Do you feel like you still have things to chase here? Do you feel no, like you want like confirmation that. on slow? I feel. I don't need confirmation on Slow. I feel like I don't need to know his identity. I was happy with the journey I went on. It took me to places I didn't expect. I sort of like that. I mean, some people out there, I'm sure, have the answers. I'm not really interested in the answers. I sort of, mm-hmm. I sort of conclude the piece by saying that, you know, the, the, to me, the cake shot, I think probably why I was obsessed with it is it's, it is over the top, and it is this huge swing, and that I think what I learned in this process is what I really like is, Videos, music, whatever, that takes a big risk, that goes for it full throttle. And that's probably why I was interested in it. A friend of mine once said, no half measures. He said, no half measures. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And then... November rain, like it or hate it, it's not a half measure. No, it is not a half measure. And this friend of mine, he's no longer with us, I do want to say. Uh, He passed away. Um, His name was Walter. A good guy. He was a, a teacher who had some health issues and then had some rough times. And, but then really, really uh, in those last years found himself and uh, he uh, was also um, into, he also had a little thing of ricin on him all the time <laughs> that he kept my friend, Walter, Walter, <laughs> you're missed. You're missed, buddy. Yeah. Life hasn't and been the same without you. Yeah, him and his hat that he wore. He wore a did wear a hat. Yes, you. Oh, you knew him. I knew him. I knew him, and I, his wisdom sticks with me. Also, no half measures. That's so cool because he said no half measures was his big thing, and I think about that every day. Um, yeah. Now, now, Alex, we uh, on the best show. We have our own intrepid. Uh, we have our own Alex Scordellis here, and this is a, oh, a yeah. young uh, upstart uh, named Mike. Mike, you had a question for Alex? Hi, Alex. Um, yes, I read the article. I hadn't seen the um, video in decades. I mean, yeah. I remember when it came out, and, you know, it was ridiculous. And uh, I would say it's still pretty ridiculous, <laughs> incoherent even at times. But... This this is this is going to be a strange perspective. The scene of the guy jumping through the cake may be the one scene that makes sense to me. Oh, I want to hear about this. Hear Go me on. out. Yeah, yeah. I take it you're you're a very busy person. You don't spend a lot of time around drunk people. <laughs> so, in that scene, what you're seeing is somebody who is drunk, who doesn't realize his physical uh, capabilities are diminished by the alcohol. And, you know, there's 2 million videos on YouTube 
of drunk people attempting to do things physically and failing spectacularly. And so that's what I see in that scene. He's trying to get out of the rain. He thinks he can jump over the cake. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> you know, maybe he was, he was a good athlete yeah. in high school. I mean, he looks pretty spry. And uh, he tries to jump over the cake, and it's a disaster. So, I I mean, I wish I I could be, you know, go back in time, you know, sit down with you when you're seeing at age 11 and just calmly tell you, Alex, that's a drunk person doing something stupid. (laughs) That answers a lot of questions. Hopefully someday there is time travel and this can take place. <laughs> uh-huh. That suddenly, I... <laughs> I can't wait to see Alex's father seeing Mike step out of a glowing doorway while his child is watching MTV. Uh, of all the things Mike and, could travel time to do, that's the thing he chose yeah, to do. That's what he used it for. That's... Kill Hitler. No, first I got to tell Alex that that's a drunk man jumping into the cake. Then I'll go take care of Hitler. <laughs> Uh, so he's got his priorities are locked down you're gonna go but look alex how would you react if ap mike stepped out of a a glowing portal opens in your living room and then out comes ap mike what did what is your and he goes no no i want to talk to you about the guns and roses video i'm from the future and as an eleven-year-old, I'm running, screaming. I'm I'm reaching for the phone to dial nine one one. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, panicking, screaming. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. It would be. Uh... Well, Alex, but I, I just want to ask one question. I thought I thought the bigger there, there was a mystery for me watching the video, and it occurs in the first fifteen seconds. If you remember, oh, Axel's in his room, his bedroom. Yes. And he's going to take a pill. Uh, I, I assume it's a sleeping pill, but, you know, it could be anything. But here's here's a mystery. He throws the thrill, the pill back, right? He does a head tilt back. Yes. I've seen people swallow pills that way without water, right? They just throw it back. They gulp it down. So he does one head tilt when he throws the pill in. He takes a drink of water. And he does another head tilt. So two two head tilts to get one pill down. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? He didn't go down on the first try. He had to do yeah. two tries. I think he, he he missed it on the first one, had to do a second one. That's, a, I think, okay. a very human moment and a very meticulous, similar to the cake dive, a very human moment. This guy, you know, couldn't if, if, if time travel gets invented... Alex is going to use his his shot to go back four <laughs> days ago when Mike watched the watched that scene. He's I watched it go today. Back, he's earlier go, today. Go back, so he'll go back to earlier to go today. Back. He'll go back to earlier today to ask him a, to clarify about the. He'll see a, he'll see a bewildered Mike watching the pill scene, and then he'll go, "No, no, I'm here from the future, from later today, to tell you." <laughs> That he couldn't get the pill down. That's why he's doing that. But I, I'm not then, a, I'm then not then a head tilter out. when I take a pill. Okay. Are you guys head well, tilters? I'll, I'll remember that. I'll remember. I'm not. I'm not a head tilter. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Well, you put the pill in. You take a yeah. sip of water, and sure. your, your head doesn't move. 
Uh-huh. You can swallow with your he- your head vertical. <laughs> right? You don't do that when you throw back a piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah sure. We got the Michael Jordan of pill uh the, the pill champion over there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean this guy's just unusual. Guy's, yeah. Unusual behavior. Who, who knew there were wrong ways to take pills? Apparently I just found that out. I'm gonna realize I want to go back to and talk to myself, the time machine. Tell myself that uh, there are right and wrong ways to take pills that I found out. I'll come back 15 minutes from the future. Tell myself. Sure. Um, yeah. Now, Alex, this is a question yeah. I have for you. What's going on with you in 2022? You going to do any more research, any more adventures with this? I think this is an exciting road for you to go down the, the guy who, that you solve the mysteries. Yes, I have, I have some ideas for other stuff. I'm uh, they're in the hopper. I might get to pursue some things uh, later on this year. I feel like um, I do have to give a quick shout out right now though to a, a couple of you. One to Julie Klausner because uh, Julie and I are working on something. That I always want to say Julie Cliff, Julie Klausner is my uh, co-host of the other show. I do Double Threat, and it's. Uh, best in the biz and she's playing shows and if you didn't get your tickets yet for the city winery shows i think there's a get few them. left I, I think they're sold out basically but check. i think everything is sold out but look because i think no look more shows may have been added look into it yeah. the show is going to be incredible yeah so I'm you so want to give a shout out shows. to julie klausner because uh she and i've been working together but she a couple weeks ago said let me take this and work on it on my own for a week and the fact she did that allowed me to write this <laughs> so i wouldn't have written this if Julie didn't say, hey, let me step away for a week. Uh, so thank you, Julie. <laughs> and also to Dudio. Dudio's, uh, um, uh, yeah, I got to talk to him a little bit as I was writing this, and he was very helpful. Oh, and uh, the editor of the piece is this guy, Duncan Cooper at um, Vice, who's a best show listener. Hello, Duncan. Thank you. Hey, Dun- I see Duncan hit me up to write no articles. <laughs> yeah, big fan. Thanks for thanks for the support, Duncan. I see Duncan ain't knocking on my. I don't remember any Vice articles about my book. Big fan, Duncan, huh? Yeah, big fan. I'll remember this, Duncan. You rat bastard! I'm the right way. I'm the rat bastard. You ain't a. You bum! You're a bum! I got to disagree with one of your three. There, yes to Julie Klausner. Yes to Dudio. Duncan, no. You got it. You got some hot water with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I want to, what about this? I want to pitch you an idea. Oh, please go for it. The mystery of who is the actor from the Sopranos who watches Phil Leotardo's head get squished and goes, <laughs> Oh, bleep. We need to find that guy. Well, you need to. You need to. You need to, Pop Culture Columbo. (laughs) What if you just call you now the Pop Culture Columbo? (laughs) Alex Gordellis, the Pop Culture Columbo, and you're just suddenly like, uh, uh, excuse me, Mish, I I just want to ask you. And you're like, oh, one more thing. I was wondering. uh, That'll be you now, Pop Culture Columbo. I'm going to find that guy from Sopranos. And do like an uh, interview because he's, he does not, I'm going to say this. 
that one doesn't seem like it was cast that part. <laughs> Not exactly a tour de force of acting for one of the final scenes in in this show for David Chase to go with that guy carrying <laughs> like an inordinate amount of weight is I think is brilliant. But we don't you know, know anything wanna, about the guy. Out for that article, I'd want to talk to the babies in the back seat, see if they remember anything. There was, I think, one yeah. baby to fully uh, with grandkids. Yes, it's got to be you know adults now, maybe, and see like, hey, what, what do you what do you remember from that day? Yeah, remember that do you remember guy? What song is? Do you remember what song Phil Leotardo was listening? The, do you know what the final song Phil Phil Leotardo heard that day was? <laughs> it's playing in the scene. You keep me hanging on by Vanilla Fudge. That's the song. That's the song playing. So Phil Leotardo was in the car, driving around listening to Vanilla Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> right before, totally his head got, before he got shot in the back of the head, and then the car, the, then the then the SUV ran his head over. Which, as we talk, we've talked about on a double threat. Very, very, uh, it's like a showcase of that Ford logo and of the Raceway uh, gas station chain. <laughs> they should be so proud, the people over so at Palms Raceway. got greased to make that shot happen. Yeah. Now, Alex, what what else is going on? What else you got going on? Oh, I got um, my Neil Young cover band, the Cinnamon Boys, uh, Probably gonna be playing some shows on my driveway coming up in a couple weeks here. Uh, okay. Anybody lives in Eagle Rock on a Saturday, you're driving around. Let me know. Sure, sure. Well, I was I was thinking more <laughs> like professional, uh, oh. in a way. Not not if you're just talking about your your Neil Young cover band. Got to plug the band anytime I get a chance, and mostly just working with Julie a lot. It's always a pleasure and a joy working with Julie, and we write together a lot and. We're cooking up some stuff. Uh, we're excited to get out in the world, and that's the that's the main thing right now. Well, I love it. I want to say this, Alex Scordellis. People can find you over on on social media at Alex Scordellis, right? Yes, that's that's it. And again, one of the good guys, one of the good guys. And I'm, I'm I was so happy to see this article blow up this week and see you have such a so much fun getting this out there. So congratulations. I appreciate on it. Thank you, Tom. All right, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Pat. Two calls. Two calls. Let's do these two calls. <laughs> Hello. Oh, geez. Hello, best show. Hi, how are you doing, Tom? I'm good. I'm good. Who's this? It's Joseph from Manhattan. Joseph from Manhattan. What's up, Joseph? Oh, not too much. Just uh, listening to the show, cataloging some records, yeah, enjoying a Tuesday night. Otherwise, you're you you you. you what, what, what records are you cataloging? There's some forty fives in my collection. What's the, uh, what's the, what's keep. your favorite? What's your what's the crown? What's one you pass by cataloging tonight that you're like? Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, uh, tonight? Uh, uh, Where you just like, Marlo, I got to listen I, to that again. 
uh, I See the Rain by the Marmalade. Okay. That's some 60s psych. Indeed. Yep, 67. Good stuff. Yeah. What's another one you got? What's uh, one you were surprised to see? Surprised to see? Hmm. Let's see. Like, did you forgot you owned, maybe? Back when I used to be really, really into the Beatles, <clears throat> somehow I guess got a Japanese copy of uh, Cold Turkey, uh, Don't Worry Kyoko, uh, with a picture sleeve. That one's pretty cool. Is that what the, that I, is that what the x-rays? No, no, it's not one of the x-rays. Oh, yeah, yes, the picture is, yes, with the x-rays on the cover. Yeah, the picture sleeve is, thought- is x-rays of, of their heads. Yes, yes, I thought you were talking about the... Uh, that uh, bone music uh, that became popular a couple of years ago, or a story a couple of years ago, but yes, it is one of the X-rays. Yeah, that's a, and Cold Turkey is Cold Turkey is one of the best things John Lennon ever did. That song. Yeah, the B side too. I mean, yeah. it's Yoko's song, but his playing on that was was really great. Um, yeah, the whole single is just really great. Love it. And happy birthday to Yoko Ono, 89. And uh, a friend of the best show, uh, Ben Gibbard, just put together a uh, Yoko Ono tribute album that I I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but a lot of great people are on it. Can't wait to hear it. So what do you got for me tonight, my friend? Oh, I had uh, something for the topic that... Uh, when the topic was announced, it was the first thing that came to mind, and uh, I wasn't sure if it was uh, strong enough, but then another coincidence happened uh, related to it. So I have that. It was for the uh, the coincidence topic. Um, Let me tell you about a coincidence. Before you do yours, I'm going to tell you a real quick one of mine. Sure. I'm talking to a friend of mine, and we both were chit-chatting, and I said, Oh, you know what I have been doing when I go to bed lately? It's a, it's kind of weird, but I started doing it. I started watching roast battles on YouTube from the early 2000s, watching roast battles, not the Comedy Central roasts, just roast battles filmed at comedy clubs when I'm going to bed and my friend said, I am not kidding. I literally have been doing the same thing. And I was like, really? When you go to bed, it's like, yes, I have. And then I said, well, which one? And we both had watched the same roast video as we were going to bed. Uh, in our own separate lives, separate States. All of that, isn't it? Is, that's that's a weird coincidence, huh? That really is. Which which video was it? Oh, it was some. Uh, it might have been like the roast of Rich Voss or something. Ah, gotcha. No, that's 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 really cool. Or a Patrice O'Neill uh, roast video. So. No, that's some synchronicity, especially yeah. if it's uh, something that's not necessarily like you know in the headlines right now too. I thought mm-hmm. you were going to say one of those uh, Dean Martin roasts. No, no, not from the 70s. 
So gotcha. what? Um, uh, tell me, tell me your coincidence, my friend. Okay, this happened when I was about maybe five, between four and six, <clears throat> and uh, at that time, like a lot of little kids, my favorite individual in the world was my grandfather. He'd come over once a week, you know, and kids would fight. Who gets to sit next to him? Who would tell all the great family embarrassing stories? All that. Great. And what stuff. did you call um, your grandfather? Did you call him uh, Pappy, uh, Peepaw? Uh, Gramps, Grampy, what did you call no, we him? Called, we called him Pops. We called him Pops. Yeah, my, my brother, uh, I guess, came up with the name when he was just a couple years old. And, <clears throat> you know, that's the other I just want to say, uh, to be age. fair, your brother didn't come up with the name Pops. Oh, no, 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 no. He didn't work for Kellogg's and he didn't. Inside the word before, just uh, the uh, application to this specifically. Uh, sure, exactly. He, he he decided to call Grandpa Pops. What if your grandfather was yeah. like, don't you ever call me Pops again? <laughs> well, that would be that would be good. And actually, that's something I maybe want to say to my brother sometime. You know, you actually didn't invent the word uh, Pops. See what his reaction would be, but but. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so then, so your grandpa was the uh, was popular with with you and your your siblings. Yeah, and then this is sometimes when I was four and six. We were, I was uh, with my uh, immediate family, so mom, dad, and siblings. Uh, we were uh, upstate in Cooperstown, just uh, I guess to see the Baseball Hall of Fame. I can't imagine any other reason why we were there. Yeah, I'm not sure and, what else uh, you would have been doing in Cooperstown. Yeah. Imagine living yeah. in Cooperstown but hating baseball. Oh, that would be a waste. <laughs> uh, there's got to be at least one uh, one citizen of the town. Yeah. It's, it's got to be somebody who's just like, I can't wait till they get rid of this Baseball Hall of Fame here. I think baseball sucks. <laughs> Celebrating the strike and everything, yeah. I think the, we're going to get rid of it, now. and I really think we're going to get rid of it someday. People are like, yeah, I don't think they're getting rid of the Hall of Fame anytime soon. No, no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we can get this thing out of here. There's really a groundswell starting to build. <laughs> so, so okay. So you're in Cooperstown. Yeah, and this time, you know, now if I was there, I would probably find the Baseball Hall of Fame kind of interesting. But at the time, you know, this is the age I didn't really care anything about museums, so it was very just. A very boring uh, museum to me in that I wasn't into baseball at the time. I needed anything to grasp onto as a four- to six-year-old, whatever age I was, to save the trip. And then we just uh, looked across the street, I guess, when outside the Baseball Hall of Fame, and there was Pops with some friends because they were in Cooperstown as well. And uh, it's not the biggest coincidence in the world, but when we didn't li- no, we didn't live too close to Cooperstown. Neither side knew we were going to be there, and uh, it's the uh, 100th anniversary of his birth a couple of weeks ago, so he's been on my mind a lot. And then when thinking, is this enough of a coincidence, uh, just uh, unrelated, my sister got in touch with me today to say it's Pop's Day, because he knows the palindrome day, because apparently mm-hmm. back in the day, he used to take us to breakfast, friendlies, and would always make some comment about how the two, 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 if you got two, it would be the four, four, four. So with all the twos, it became Pop's Day. So once I heard that, it, I guess, was a signal that, yeah, maybe I should share this story about my beloved grandfather. That's nice. So that. Pop's would take you to Friendly's, the ice cream chain, the popular East Coast ice cream chain. 
And what what would he do? Would he uh, buy you a fribble? Yeah, sometimes a fribble. Uh, depends Reese's on what time of the day Sunday. it was. But if, yeah, he would never, you know, uh, yeah, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't be the type to say no. It's too much sugar or whatnot, especially for a, no. I guess, a single meal or not. Yeah, he'd take us to breakfast and then he'd play the Statler Brothers in his car. What's your favorite Statler's Brothers Statler Brothers song? Carry me back. You gonna play it for Pops? Uh yeah, sure. Absolutely. You play it? Well you should you should play it for Pops and I say, Pops, it's the two 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 day. This one's for you, Pops on Pops Day. That's a smart idea, and uh, yes, I will definitely spin that because it's still a few more hours left, or a few more minutes left. Yeah. So, yeah. And I find that, that in there. You have a forty-five of that. You have a forty-five. I don't have any Statlers on forty-five. It's actually uh, most of my stuff is of pop rock fifties to seventies for forty-five. Mm-hmm. It is anyway. I should get some Statler brothers though. It's a good point. Sure. Yeah. Pay tribute to pops. Pops, I'm over it. I'm on, I'm on Discogs, Pops. For some Statler Brothers. Pops, I think I found a very, of pressing, it's very, it's VG plus, Pops. I'm going to pull the trigger on it. No picture sleeve. Pops are not, they don't ship to US right now. I'm going to keep looking, Pops. Well, Pops, the postage was a little high on that other one that looked good until I realized they wanted the same amount for the for the record for the postage, so I'm not going to get that one, pops. Hey, pops, you know I'm probably going to hold off on this. I'm just going to go uh, go to Spotify. I'll play for you from Spotify. I'll play like a a lousy digital version from Spotify for you, pops. <laughs> no, um, I don't think pops knew uh, was here for Spotify and his grandson trying to avoid it after. Uh, the last two weeks, but yeah, in, in the end, yeah, it probably will be some kind of digital version. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, however, however you honor him, it's that's a nice story. Thank you for the call. Well, thanks for letting me talk about him, Tom, of and I uh, hope that you guys have a good night. Thanks so much. Of course. You take care. You take care. All right. Final call. Final call for the best show. Hello. Hi, best show. Oh, hello. Hi, to whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Patrick in Vancouver. Patrick in Vancouver. What's up tonight, Patrick? Uh, I have something for the topic, and it's related to the show. What do you got? Let's hear it. So it's wacky coincidences. Um, and I uh, several years ago, I was uh, going to play records at a bar of a friend of mine and I was uh, selecting records the, like probably the day before the couple days before and um, I had the best show playing and um, this was back when you did ad reads so it was a while ago sure. yeah and um I, I selected um, Bookends by Simon and Garfunkel. And I was putting really on... Because you really wanted to get everybody out on the dance floor. 
Well, stage. no, this is not okay. I should I should be clear. <laughs> this is not a uh, dance situation. This is more yeah. like a, I think it was like a Christmas like market or something. It was like sure. so you were going to be just like everybody. We're going to get everybody on the dance floor. What'll get everybody out there? I'm going to play at the zoo by Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally what a that's terrible a song. Also, what a terrible song that. What a dumb song that is. Not a, not a huge fan of that one. Uh, but the lions are It's a metaphor, man. Not the best animals are like humans. Oh, really? Okay. So wait, hold on. Slow down. Let me get my notebook out and write this down. The animals have human traits. Where'd you come up? Where'd you come up with that? Animal farm? Yeah, you might want to check a book out, Paul Simon, called Animal Farm. So, okay, so this is for some shopping mall event, and you're playing, you're getting ready to play some Simon and Garfunkel. So, you're listening to the best show. Yes, and I dropped the needle on Hazy Shade of Winter. Yeah. Probably the best song on that record. Yes. Um, And. The song started, but instead of the dulcet tones of Paul Simon and our Garfunkel, mm-hmm. Tom Sharpling's voice said, time, time, time. No, yeah, I actually started singing the song that? you were going to play. It was for like play? a watch company. It was for a watch company. And oh, came that's on. right. I remember there was a company we did ads for, a watch company. And it came on, not in sync with Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, but like pretty darn close. Well, that would have melted my brain. <laughs> I know. Well, wow, I couldn't one. believe it. Maybe the best song, top three Simon and Garfunkel songs. Um, it's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. I know some people like uh, some other ones. Mrs. You know which one, you know which one I like? Business? You know what's my that? favorite ones are? Um, I would say, uh, Let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. That's a good one, right? You know that song. Uh, honestly, I want some real estate here in my bag. Right? You know that one. Right? I don't know it. You don't? I don't know. So I bought a pack of cigarettes. Now do you know it? And Mrs. Wagner's pies. Now you know it, right? And went I mean, off to look for what? What, the, what did he go off to look for? Come on, you can say it. What did he go oh, off to I look can, for? Man. I can, man. I don't know it. To look for America. Right? I feel like I've I brought up Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel, and it made me sound like I'm a super fan of Simon and Garfunkel, but. Well, like, like I would I have hung up on you if you were a super fan. <laughs> Counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike. <sighs> Whenever I go oh, to the shows. Boxer. The Boxer. No, The Boxer. That's not The Boxer. That's America oh. by Simon and Garfunkel. Come on. Oh, well, I'm just proving which, which album do you have by them? Which album do you? Well, you have two, you said. Bookends. Bookends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Parsi Sage, Rosemary and Time, which oh, I inherited yeah. from my grandmother. Mint condition. Mm-hmm. So you don't know the song 
In my little town, I grew up believing God keeps his eye on us all. You don't know that one, do you? I don't really know it. Well, you should listen to America. Listen to America tonight. I, that's all okay. I ask of you. Listen to the okay. song America. And realize that whenever I was at a, at a Paul Simon show, whenever he'd go counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike, you know what, I would then shoot a bottle rocket at the stage. Because <laughs> that was like to honor the lyrics. And then also when he would say, laughing on the bus. Playing games with the faces, I'd launch a bottle rocket at the stage. <laughs> then when you'd be like, I said, be careful, his bow tie is really a camera. I'd launch a bottle rocket at the stage. It was kind of like... A lot of bottle rockets you snuck into the show. It was kind of, it was kind of my thing. Okay. Yeah. I did see Paul Simon. I don't think he played that song. Well, I would ask for my money back. Okay. All right, buddy. That is an amazing coincidence, though. Uh, can you believe it? I, I do. I do believe. It. I'm going to trust you on this one. I believe it. Okay. You excited um, about the book club? Best show book club. Uh, I I am. What is the is the next? What is the next book? I'm Blood, sorry, Blood I'm in the Garden. It's called Blood in the Garden. It's about the 1990 1990s oh New York Knicks. Chris Chris Haynes. I wasn't. An interview. I've listened to multiple interviews about uh, that with him, and well, yeah, that's, I'm that's the next book. I'm pumped. I'm gonna. I'm gonna absolutely read that book. Well, I appreciate it. All right, my friend. I appreciate the call. Okay. Take care. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take care. All right. So that ends another best show. How about that? As they say in the old biz, put another one in the books. And uh, yeah, best show book club. Got a, a patreon.com slash the best show. That's where you support the show. We've got more going on over there coming up very soon. Stay tuned for that. And the best show will be back next week. Bye. Bye.